Welcome back to another episode of TCP 221. We're here for the official team previews of 2022. And we're going to be splitting these over several episodes. Uh, you're also going to see these as their own individual clips. I say clips, they are like 30 minute plus clips. So um, if you wanted to watch each team individually, that'll be available. Otherwise, you know, we're going to be packing a lot of these together, together in big episodes as we normally do. So this will be great for you. Hopefully you'll get to watch how you please either each team in your own time or like a whole chunk all at once. And we're going to be doing a whole chunk all at once today, fellas. Nice. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a ton to get through. It's, it feels like almost feels like an insurmountable task. Um, I feel like NA this year is, I'm not sure. Like everyone's so high on APAC and them improving. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's also true. Surely for NA. I'm not sure if it's true for everybody clear. across the board, isn't it? True for yeah. all teams, isn't it? Yeah. Is that In team ways that got it worse? Is... <laughs> Maybe. Some some people would potentially say maybe Philly, although I think last mm. year's results weren't great. So nope. I, I would say they should be they could improve on those results. I don't know. I I, I think everybody's somewhat improved. Just looking mm. across all the rosters. Um, I mean, we'll see if, if Mayhem improve or not because they did make a Hawaii stage last year. They didn't make it much further than that, but that's the standard set now for Florida. So New Florida would have to at least reach something like that to be comparable. Otherwise, you would have to say that technically speaking, they're worse. Um, sure. but aside from that, I mean, just on roster quality wise, on paper, you know, I, I can't complain. I feel like everyone's made some big moves. Mm -hmm. In in ways. I think everybody has improved and then in other ways it's difficult to even say um, as diminishing and as minimizing as that is because we're walking into a new game. Um, so yeah. it's, it's, you know, we have half our foot in the territory of trying to view this through overwatch one and then half our foot going, okay, we're trying to look at these tea leaves. We're trying to like prescribe or assume some, some things and, it's difficult and it's going to be a really fun like preview and power ranking season because it really does feel like anybody could kind of be pretty good. And we've actually already done one team preview. So um, you can just, if you're already on YouTube or Spotify or wherever, you can check out our last episode, number 220. It was the shock team preview extra long because that basically was our episode of the week. And if you average that episode and 219 together, it's like two normal episodes. Instead of sure. one four-hour episode and one like one hour and a half episode, I think last week was also a bit longer because we talked about the super retirement as well, which mm -hmm. I think we wanted to give a bit more room for, as it was worthwhile to talk about. So that added a bit of extra time. But expect that the team previews from now on would be more uh, bite-sized, as we plan to do NA in two halves and all of APAC in one go. And I mean, if we spend a lot of time on each team, it's going to be like a seven-hour episode. So. Um, that's why I said earlier, I think the, the clips we're, we're aiming for is going to be something like 30 minutes, guys. So um, apologies if you wanted like a one hour and a half discussion about your team. Some teams I don't think you could even talk for really no. an hour and a half. And the, the shock one is only that long as well because of the super stuff. So um, yeah, we will see. Some 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 teams might be a little bit shorter, guys. Sorry. Uh, maybe there's less players. Maybe there's less to, to talk about. Some teams could be a bit longer because it's a bit more contentious. We'll have to sort of see where it goes. But um, without further ado, guys, this is it, episode 221, 
team previews 2021 brought to you by Battlecrab, Refine Bean, Bronzebot Buhal, Chare, Prophet Picasso, Chris R3, 4444, Cash67, Lolshin, Porkchop Sammy, Rex Zane, Volleyball Smooth Nuts, and Your Misery. We're going to start things out with the Atlanta Rain. And um, straight away, I mean, I have this team in my A tier uh, for no particular reason. 10 points to Gryffindor if you get that reference. And Atlanta, I think, are done. I think we're going to mostly try and focus on teams that are quote-unquote done with their rosters. We're like beginning of April now. I mean, we're getting close enough, like a month out from live, uh, mm. almost literally a month out from live, just about. And Atlanta made a pretty interesting signing um, due to, I think there was a change in the cutoff date yep. for age eligibility to join the league. And it was changed to something like August the 31st. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. Uh, I believe which, it changed from July 31st to August 31st. Right. Like unbeknownst which, to most people. Interesting. Yeah, which also, interesting. Like, wasn't it only edited on like the 28th of February as well in the article? That I don't. Remember. I don't know. I actually, I have no idea why they changed it. I don't know if anyone does know, but lobbying. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, sorry. I do know why the yeah. yeah Sefi obviously asked. No, no. I think the real reason they changed it was because the the season starting later, right? And meant that uh, you know it pushed. They they felt it was fair to push the dates back. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. So that makes sense. But the speci mm. uh, the speci uh, specificity of the date change actually, funny enough, put speedily within range of being picked up. He's suddenly eligible. And Spectra, but uh, we'll see if that happens at all. But Speedily is a pretty hyped-up plan. He got picked up for the Atlanta Reign just announced, probably the worst-kept secret in this offseason next to, like, Iaki, New York. Um, mm -hmm. Because there were just been so many rumors about it. A bunch of players across Tier 2 and Overwatch League were, like, you know, hit nudging, nudging at the Speedily sign-up as well. Um, his birthday is August 26th, so like he's eligible by five days. It's actually insane how tight this signing is, but it was also the fact that you can't use this guy until I think the third stage of this year. Like you can't mm. use him until like the summer showdown. And and I think I looked at it, it was week 17. Week 17 of the Overwatch League is when he's actually eligible. So it's going to take a while. So why don't we start on the DPS line at the Atlanta Reign? Predominantly, we'll, we'll talk about Speedly. When we'll get to Nero, Kai, and Venom as well. But they have four DPS now. Uh, and originally, this was a team that I didn't think we were going to go to for four. Because three is pretty good. Three, if you can cover most of your bases, I think is fine. Especially for a team that's going lean. And I would have imagined that Atlanta was originally a pretty lean roster. You know, they, they're they even below the sort of starting eight. That I say starting eight. I just mean like the eight that you would have on your roster if you're trying to cover all the bases. So for example, three DPS, two tanks, one main, one off tank. So you can share the role a little bit or you can figure out who's going to be the better player based on what's the meta. And then three supports, two flex, one main. Now, Atlanta were actually below that. They were on seven because they were missed out on the third support. They probably don't need the third support, but they went for eight players anyway. It just so happens their eighth player is Speedly, which is going to start competing, I, I think, uh, in some ways against Nero in his role. Maybe even a little bit against Venom in his role as well, as far as the Tracer goes. Uh, we'll see how much that gets played. Probably probably they'll allow Venom to just be still their Tracer main and Tracer specialist, but Speedly um, is is coming into a team that's already pretty full, but also I think um, is probably one of the most sought-after players that were available in Tier 2 that weren't eligible for this year until very recently. Yeah, agreed. Speedily, to me, uh, is a move for the long term. Um 
So like setting that aside, but not really, because I do think there are like instances where he could come in and actually be predominantly like a starter. Um, it's been feels like years since I've actually seen him play. If I'm going to be completely honest on my like acumen on what speedily has been up to recently, I've heard stirrings about his echo. I remember his doom fist being quite good back on, I think it was like XL two or some random contender team. Um, but when you look at this, like DPS trio as a whole, it, it makes sense, but it's a little piecemeal. If I'm going to be completely honest, um, that doesn't mean it's bad. It just, it's like, a little rigid in some areas. Um, I like Nero Kai as your starting kind of duo lineup. I think Venom has ways in. I think if you can leave Kai and Nero in, I think they have a quite a potent DPS duo, if I'm going to be completely honest. I quite like both of them. I think Kai is going to have a quite a good time. Um, if all things are, you know, considered true or if we're all agreeable on, you know, how Hitscan may or may not work. Um, and yeah, I quite like Atlanta. Yeah, I think like once again, it's like an off-season victory for Sefi, who usually has just like stellar off-seasons, right? Like, mm. I don't think this year's off-season is necessarily weaker than last year's. And he got Pelican last year. So true. Um, I think like... Uh, it's it is nuts that sugar freeze even with that moved update mm -hmm. is still not 18 i'm sure you would have loved that as well um but yeah i'm looking at this roster and it is i'm not sure if there's really a weakness and i think we're very prone to under um appreciating how nutty it is just because like mm -hmm. that's the atlanta way um but I do look at the starting schedule for this team. And I think getting out of the blocks well is going to be very important for them this season. I mean, let's let's not also forget that last season, if we're if if hypothetical we're saying that, like, which I know you're not, but I think a lot of people are saying that, oh, when you have rookie of the year, like that feels like a this feels like a downgrade. And I think the public's mind. And to, to kind of talk about what you're saying is they have to start strong. They also didn't start strong last year. If you remember their stage one last year, it was quite weak. Yeah, it was quite bad, if I'm going to be completely honest. And they bounced back immediately. Well, not immediately, but they grew over the season, right? So that's, I think if they can hold true to that with this roster, which I would imagine a lot of it's kind of the same, um, maybe they don't need to, per se. Uh, my thing is like this, the composition of, like who's on this team and what I expect them. Keep in mind, okay. dude, if, if you are a team that has like so many rookies and especially rookies mm -hmm. from teams that won basically 95% of the matches they ever participated in. Agreed. I am, I'm not saying you can't and it's possible that you can just like, especially with speedily on the horizon, you can always say, ah, okay, we just got to drag ourselves to a playoff position and then eventually like, we get him, and mm -hmm. like maybe it's an Aquameta and it's over. Um, like all suffering has paid off. Um, mm -hmm. But like I think just like probabilistically, I think this this team if this team gets rolling early, which it might through like if they beat New York, bro, that is then going to be another crazy season for them. I'm pretty sure. Like if they come out New York Justice in like week one, week two. 
I assume, yeah. At the at the same time, you can lose to Mayhem, and then it's not a shame to lose against this New York. It's probably you should mm. probably beat Justice as a Atlanta Rain, but fair enough. If you then go like with low morale into games that you should absolutely be winning every time and don't, or just one don't, boy, like now you have an, a, a morale issue in, internally. Very likely, right? Mm -hmm. Am I, I, yeah. yeah. Am I crazy to think this is very similar to the shy signing and the leave signing where you get somebody that's just like not even eligible. You're kind of just bringing them in early. Uh, it depends on what contract he's on. Imagine if he's only on, I mean, what what even could he be on? If he's on a one-year contract, when does that start? Does that start now? Or does that start when he's actually eligible? Like, I don't even know legally how it works, you know? No. He, or is he on, like... He's, he's fine. I think he's getting paint and probably is free to uh, scrim and, like, will probably get access. I think that's all. So he's already, like, he's already said he'd already be... His contract already officially starts then, essentially, right? I'm, like, so 70% he'd be, sure. So he'd be on hypothetically a one, one or whatever, one plus one maybe contract, um, and he only has to play for the rain for how many months? <laughs> two, you know, yeah, like two, two, yeah. two, two, less than three. Depends and then on how long their season is, but yeah. And then we'll see what uh, <laughs> we'll see what twenty twenty three looks like. Um, it's a pretty insane. What I'm, what I'm, the point I'm trying to get to is it's a pretty insane investment from the rain. Invest on a player that's probably only going to be eligible for two to three months. If I'm going to be completely honest, um, talking to some of the NA boys from contenders, like that was like top of the list every time was I know. speedily, speedily. Yeah. And it's like, however, it's, a, it's an investment, but it's, however, I feel like it's going to pay off for sure. It's an investment that would pay off if they're heading into playoffs and this guy just comes out and demolishes. And then Atlanta get another deep playoffs run, maybe come second again or whatever, threaten a really deep playoffs run somewhere off the back of Speedly. Then I'll be like, Sefi, you're, you have done it. Well done. That's a brilliant pickup. I still think it's going to be a good pickup. I think he's, you know, he's, he has the reputation and he should mm -hmm. be a pretty good player. It's just that you're not going to see that until so deep into the season. For sure. And then yeah, that's what happens unless you're, unless you're investing into it as a future, because the reason why I bring attention to the shy and leave pickup is that, they're like franchise players for their respective team. So it's not like, oh, we pick up Shy, he'll play for one month, then he'll just fuck off to another team. Mm -hmm. What's the deal with Speedly? Is he on a two-year? Does he, does he get to play for two to three months and then he stays on Atlanta, thereby making the investment, I think, more worthwhile? Or does he just collect a, collect a dub, collect a bag for two to three months, or for the whole year, but only have to play two to three months, and then just go wherever else after that? Assuming I he's have. got the value to, to go. Because then then it, that be, that, that's why I'm saying for me, Agreed. It's a crazy yes. investment from the rain to go for a player that's not eligible for solo. Like he is five days off from the cutoff. Mm -hmm. So you you almost literally cannot get a player that is more ineligible while being eligible. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like unless his birthday was literally August 31st, you could not find another yeah. player that is more like at the cutoff date as far as eligibility goes. Agreed. The thing yeah, is, I, I have to assume it's, it's a, you know, an investment for the next season, if anything. Dude, straight up, if you roll into Countdown Cup and for some reason Echoes meta, I mean, the stars align for you. 
You're putting you're he's not, but also you're putting it all in black here. You're like, I'm putting it all on yeah. black twenty-three. Like, I don't know. It's a little bit you know, oh, if it's an echo meta, yeah, and then there's still Pelican and Leave and Sparkle, etc. Um I don't Not care to mention, like, you're probably also not practicing you can't you probably also can't afford to practice with him throughout the season so that's that's an interesting while, thing for this team in general because the mm -hmm. they had very good practice partners i wonder if they have finagled something with um like some Positive? other team that like Dead bird. yes but are they really the same caliber still like you know? uh, the, i think I uh, to joe's point is okay maybe you've got great practice partners how often can you include Speedly in that practice yeah. when he's not going to be able to play for you until August 26th? Yeah, so, it's, and it's not really like they weird. have a slouch in his stead. It doesn't right? like it doesn't it doesn't improve your team to actively give Speedly a lot of scrim time when you can't even use him for matches until way later in the season. So maybe you only start integrating Speedly into scrims properly for stage three, which is Summer Showdown. And I believe it was what is it three weeks. Third week of Summer Showdown is when he's available. So getting between the break of Mid-Season Madness and Summer Showdown is probably when he should be integrated fully. But before that, you've got two stages where like fielding him in scrims is probably a waste of your time. Yeah. That's that that's why it feels like it's a it's a, like a long-term, like you said, a shy a leave situation. Um if it's not, it's just a lot of money you're spending for yeah. what? And it doesn't it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like this is a short-term play. Everything to me reads long-term. It feels focused around NA. This is like your NA franchise flex DPS moving forward in this league. And Atlanta feels like they've secured him even past the, the contract date, right? Like it, it feels like speedily has been kind of synonymous with this, this core of players um, or, or has just been kind of orbiting them in some ways. Yeah. So. Well, he's definitely with two other AT members at the moment, yep. but I think, like, what... I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get into contract discussion on, on that too much, but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to see what the direction is again, because if you are going to sign somebody like this, you surely are not just doing it for a two to three month stint and then letting them off into the free market, because then you've just, you know, you've done the work for everybody else at pretty high risk to yourself, and... You don't even get to retain him for 2023, bit of a yikes. I'm sure, like, Brad's probably out here just, like, wishing he had still had an academy team so he could just put Sugar Free and Speedily, like, <laughs> on that lineup and just, like, at best yeah. put them in in Korea somewhere and just, like, have them... Korea somewhere. Uh, have them go for, like, in preparation for 2023 while also being able to Let's... scrim, um, mm. you know? Let's, um... We spent a long time in Speedly. Okay, we all acknowledge he's good. I think the main concern for me is, you know, how does he get integrated? What what can he effectively do for this team? And what is what is the goal of having Speedly on your team? Because it's, to me, it is a signing that makes a lot of sense while simultaneously making no sense. Yes, just based on eligibility. I makes will... a lot. Of, if he could if he could play for the whole year, I'm on board, hundred percent. Is he but then the best his, AT the, member? The best AT member. Uh... It's either him or ultraviolet, right? Probably. Not that we're devaluing OG too much, but um, AT have basically all been signed now outside of Wub. I think he's the only AT member that didn't get signed. Um, and was Iron on AT at any point? I can't remember. 
But pretty much all of AT, start to finish, including now even Kaluj, are on a team somewhere. So uh, let's wrap up the DPS. We haven't even talked about the other roles yet. Let's wrap up DPS real quick. Nero, Venom, and Kai. So Joe, I think you mentioned you expect Kai and Nero to be your starters. Um, I guess it depends on whether we will find a Tracer meta or not. That will always mm. be the biggest question. A lot of this will come down to new heroes being introduced. Yeah. Because as much as Jessica brings up Echo, it's like, well, by the time we get to Summer Showdown, I'm expecting other new heroes that come out that, you know, will be made way more important. Um, Possible. So maybe Echo, I, I doubt that Echo will even be a real factor by then. Uh, and even then, like, yeah, I mean, I, I just think, you know, this game will probably be defined by a lot of the new heroes coming through. Um, mm. But they got a pretty balanced DPS line out. It does pain me that two out of four members are going to be benched at any other time, yeah, at any particular time. Yeah. And I believe they are now one of two teams, no, one of three, one of two teams that have, one of three teams that have four DPSs. Hangzhou, Dallas, Atlanta, the only teams with three DPSs. Everyone's gone for three, which I think is the ideal mem- number. Possibly sure, Valiant, right? Valiant. We'll get to that. Now. Oh, yeah, yeah, Valiant. You're right, possibly Valiant. So four teams out of 20 go for four DPS players. I think it's crazy, but... Yeah. Um, at least I see the Valiant speedily, because it's like, it's kind of standout. Yeah. Um, how do you guys feel about the rest of the DPS? Kai Nero, Venom, we're all happy with that? <laughs> it's, it's about as good as you could have realistically gotten with the... No, it, it, I think it's best in slot for whatever Sefi wants to do with his roster, right? Yeah. Mm. Is there anyone else you could... I think here's the problem. Do you, after this season, do you go to Gator and say, I want Reina now? I don't think you can do that, dude. I don't think it's justified either. And Wait, what, what do you mean? You, you, you want to... What do you mean you I, when want I'm, When I'm thinking about, is there legitimately, like, upgrades in the league that could fit the mold of like a mostly North American roster where like you could still upgrade uh, using other Western players from other teams. I mean, they, mm. even if you had Reiner, does he play over Hawk? Do you know what I mean? Like it's just... That's that's we, another we, question for sure, we, we yeah. Can't, we can't even think of this as like, oh, yeah. you just swap the main tank for the main tank. We're in a solo tank environment now, whereas like, I mean, shit, like any... any Oh, quote unquote tank would be kind of eligible. I don't know. Like, okay, I, I Kaluj is there as well, even though he, he does. Kev is an upgrade, right? Kev's the. It, Brad takes Kev there. Kev's the, no, I didn't. Hello? Um, I don't know if he would. I don't think Laz would ever allow. Are you talking. You're talking. Yeah, I can hear you now. You're talking just the first like half of what you said previously got cut out. Oh, sorry. Um, he would take Kefster every time, right? That's the one upgrade that's in the league, in my mind. That's but if he's available, he's, he would never be available. No, no. My point is like, Lads can never... you can you upgrade this team? I don't think you can significantly with the restrictions that um, Brad has. Do you just meet with anybody? Yeah. Well, then, yeah. You just put all the Shanghai Dragons on this team as an upgrade. No, you can't because that's not the restrictions that Brad is functioning under right like he has so you want an NA team. team so are they are they are there other better na players yeah probably i'd probably have dante over nero i probably yeah. but i mean some of these discussions are kind of you know i don't even know if they're really fruitful because these players you wouldn't be able to put them on the team just because of uh right 
their deals with their I, I think Ryan is a different discussion because he was actually he was a free agent so he hypothetically could have gone to this team from free agency but Kevsu was never a free agent Dante wasn't was he? no I don't think yeah. I don't know no. I actually can't remember mm. but um you know Hydron would have been available but didn't you know how much of AT are you trying to get over ends up being the question um Shockwave was available Aspire was available you know yeah, I don't think these have upgrades over the people they have. So apparently Dante was a FA, so maybe he would have been Dante available. Dante is a good he... shot, yeah. So we're talking about like actual FAs that they could have gotten. Mm -hmm. Those would be available, but um. But you're not going Rhino, right? Like if you're AT after this season, after what your tank line has done for you, you're not even interested in Rhino. So let's move to the actual um, tank line now, since we're already talking about it. Gator and Hawk. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't think Sefi had really any interest in replacing either of them, and I don't think, I don't think he should. I think they both do great in their respective roles. Um, there's no obviously. I don't think there's any point adding a third tank. Looking at you, Boston. Um, mm. But if you're going to have two, you have a good main tank and a good off tank. See what meta it is. See what hero pools you get to play with, and then see who's more eligible to play during the season based on meta and etc. And and that's good. Like this is one of the positions I think they nailed because while well, they just copy paste of the same two guys over um i don't think their contracts expired and i think they were just still there and um yeah i mean as you said the only other players they could have reliably have looked at are guys like kaluge and mm -hmm. Ryan. um was space a free agent can't remember super was super technically was. a free agent yeah. <laughs> technically a free agent but I think uh, I think Atlanta probably wouldn't be able to compete with Shock's, yeah. you know, money yes. there, because Shock have, have far more motivation to want to keep Super. Mm. Um, yeah. So there's not a lot. I mean, False was available. So really, you're just you're just like, who on AT can I get for tanks yeah. if I want to get? Apparently, Space was FA, but again, you're competing against the Gladiators' budget, and I don't know if Atlanta can do that. Yeah. Mm. No, in general, I think that's just. Is a testament, even that they did get that backline, um, is sort of a testament to once again a great off season. Also, like, I'm not sure what the contract situation with Kai is, but keeping him is big. Um, Nero yeah. is definitely. Uh, I'm a little. Yeah. What are you? I think you're cutting in and out, Yuska. I'm hearing like. Few words didn't make it through there for me. I didn't quite get what you said. Uh, thoughts on the tank line, Joe? Before we move on to sports, yes. Um, I'm I'm interested in what Gator's role is um, moving forward with this team. Um, I think I don't speak out of school in saying that he had a a standard hero pool when it came to the heroes that he could play for main tank, right? I think Ryan, his Ryan and Arissa were amongst the world class. Um, I, I really can't point to too many people that would better him on those roles. And now that one of them has had a significant rework and there's one last tank. I'm interested to see what they do with him moving forward. Does he adapt to the new Arissa? Well, is there really going to be much in the way of Ryan play? Do they try to force it? He's kind of my North Star, if anything, maybe next to Speedily of like, okay, what's up with AT? Because 
they haven't necessarily had to play without him in the starting mm-hmm. lineup. Um, so if they have to, what does that look like? Well, it looks like Hawk, I guess. True, but um, do they perform without him not, you know, with Gator not being there? They've always kind of pointed towards him as being, you know, this this incredibly right. vocal per- presence and <clears throat> he's kind of, does, you know, helps it's, out with the coaching um, and whatnot. So it would really depend on meta, I think. I oh, think depending sure. on what, what the meta dictates in terms of what tanks are good, mm-hmm. that'll probably be de- determining who gets playtime and who doesn't. And then, of course, any new tank that comes out, you know, who's got to be your Malga specialist, you know, in theory. <clears throat> if that's, that's going to be an actual tank, you know, whatever comes out, it's like, what is that hero? What role does he fit? Who's better at that hero? And um, mm-hmm. I think both could compete for new heroes as well because we've known Gator to pick up off tanks like Sigma when they first come out. So True. Yeah, that's fair. it's probably positive that you have two players that can compete for a starting position on new tanks as well. Um, it's probably a, a good thing for the rain. So I'm pretty pleased with that side of things. Let's talk about OG and Ultraviolet. Probably the best NA-based support duo you could have hoped for. That yeah. was probably uh, Sefi's biggest win in the offseason. 100%. Definitely. OG Ultraviolet. That was a probably a, a quite a well-sought-after duo. Likely that Mayhem would have gone after them as well. But um, mm-hmm. Rain snatched them up first. And... I think individually you'd say they were good, but you might not be insane about it. Insanely pleased. Well, you'd be pleased, but you wouldn't you wouldn't be over the moon about it just yet. But the real value to me is that they're coming together because they're so good together as a duo. Like I'm hearing stories about them being in trials, and if they are on the same team together in trials, they are just dominating, and the other teams just like can't keep up support wise yep. with OG and Ultraviolet being together at the same time. I would I will echo the exact same things I have heard verbatim the same thing so apart they're good together it wasn't close it was the, it was a sub support line diff it wasn't close nobody competed no duo competed it was just OG Ultraviolet um, to your point though when it came to contract negotiations um, I spoke to Sefi and he again to quote him the negotiations were not as easy uh, as they had a higher offer from a very well-respected team, that's mm. his words, not mine. Like this was a sought-after backline. Full stop. Hundred uh, percent. How mean, good are they in the international context? Well, they're worse than Lijek on Iziaki, but um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, um, it's really hard to say, man. It's really hard to say. I feel like they, uh, like, you. After this season, you probably gotta say Shu Scoot, Funny Astro is probably more solid, right? Finn Violence, we don't know yet. I think Shu Skewed is a really, you know, we'll talk about Gladiators during their preview yeah. in more detail. But that's a that's a very special support line bolstered by Funny Astro. That's mm-hmm. pretty nutty. Yeah. Um, and the Gladiators had one of the better support lines. So yeah, I guess the question is, do they even have? Would you? Would anyone say they have the best back line? And NA even when you have Chi or Field that could be nuts. I think Field is still Twilight Sharong. Oh yeah, I mean that's a, that's that's a crazy good duo as well. The problem with some of these is they're not known quantities as a duo together. They're just really right. individually that we know. Um, where Shoe Skewed is on the table as like players that have played a season together and are known to be good together. Like Chio is good. Haven't seen him with Fielder, but individually they're both dynamite. Same mm. with, you know, Chorong Twilight. 
Strong Twilight might be one of the that is legitimate just best unfair, we have bro. Like, that have the firepower to compete. Oh my god. It has that has that backline has the power to compete with like the very best. I mean, I could see them going toe to toe with Easy Aki Lee Jigong in some respects. Even though Chorong's a rookie, like I've called this guy the next Lee Jigong multiple times during tier two and during his contenders career um, run. I mean, Finn on his own is insane. Violet is also good, except he will probably be playing main support, which is a bit funny. So <laughs> Atlanta Rain would definitely have one of the top support lines on paper. I think the the duo aspect adds a lot. I think that's it's like a greater than some of their parts kind of deal. But even then, the the individual pieces are already pretty damn good. So when you have a greater than the sum of their parts combined with a really good individuality, mm-hmm. that speaks a lot to what they can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. and to kind of de- better define with like both both a question and kind of like prescribing or assuming what you mean. Like when you say better than some other parts, you're talking kind of about just like you're ta- you're you're dealing with As mostly in, single language roster. You're dealing with Sefi's system. It's kind of loose. It it works. So They've worked I'm, together. What I mean when I say that is that they they make each other even better. Like their value together is made even right. higher because they're together. Gotcha. Makes sense. So Agreed. instead of just being like a Chorong Twilight where they're both individually good, but we haven't seen them together, mm-hmm. so we don't know how they work. You know, I think that's why I said earlier, if anyone got either one of OG Ultraviolet as an individual piece, you'd be happy with it. But mm-hmm. getting them together is almost like a set bonus from Diablo. It's a two piece set bonus. You also get like a little green text. You're like, oh, a little bit of an extra buff there. I didn't realize. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I mean. Greater than some of their parts. And usually, usually that that term is used to describe something not great that becomes great together. But I'm using this to describe something that's already pretty damn good, and then together they're even strong, which is really great value. Mm-hmm. So, um, everyone happy with that? I think that's a one of the better support lines you can hope for. Definitely top in NA, um, for sure. One of the top in NA, depending on how exactly. you know. I think the only the only other duos that really compete are like the Chio Fielder, Chorong Twilight, Shusky, et cetera, Right? Myeongbong uh, mm-hmm. and Gunlimjin could be good, but because they're double flex, it's hard to say what that's going to look yeah. like. You know? So I don't want to get too deep into that. Same with Lash or Iris. It's like double flex. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, so that's the entire team. Uh, as we wrap up this preview, we need to finish out with like just overall thoughts on the roster and how good you think they are. Um, let's 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 stick it into NA for now. I don't want to get too deep into the rabbit hole trying to compare them to APAC as well. When I sure. mean, I think it's a bit arbitrary. So just just even within a uh, NA, how would you rank this team? Top half, bottom half? Would you want to give a range like somewhere between, you know? second to fifth like what like where do you see this team hypothetically right now on paper and how happy are you with the roster overall um i think they they're a big they feel like a very swingy team and i feel like i've said that a lot about atlanta in the past um but i feel pretty strongly about it this time around as well weirdly enough i don't know maybe that just speaks to Sefi's system or you know the players he looks after um I think this is a potential NA leader um, or could start kind of slow like the, the last year and kind of grow into themselves. I'm looking anywhere from like one to six. And I think that if, if you ask me at the end one. of the season, you're like, oh, Atlanta led NA the entire season. I'm like, that makes sense. And in a different you know universe, you tell me that they were six all season. I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Like I can see both scenarios kind of working out or anywhere in between, really. Yep. So when you say one to six, you, you are having you're making space for the potential for them to actually be first place and in a, as in the best yes. NA team 
Yes. I think they're the highest probability for them is probably like peak third, fourth is where like they're most likely ending up, I think. Mm-hmm. Um feels pretty top heavy once again. And then there's even some stuff where you're thinking like how good could Houston be and whatnot, but specifically to towards Rainer, I agree with Joe. I think um first would surprise me. Um just because they're so rookie heavy. And they're not that rookie heavy, but like fifty fifty, right? Um but mm. it's also hard to uh measure stuff up. I think a lot of the power they had last year became came at the hand of Pelican, then but also of the tank line. Um and their entire style was dictated by that. This is now going to change significantly, of course, with all Watch 2. Um, I'm I'm kind of interested how they solve the leadership uh, thing while Hawk is probably the more skilled player between the two. Um, But if they can sufficiently answer these questions, yeah, then they're probably like, definitely can spike higher. I I think three or fourth is most likely. I I'm not going to be brave enough to put them anywhere one for now. I think they could go as high as two if everything aligns. But I just can't see them. The thing is, once you get to the upper echelon of NA, you are definitely competing with the Dallas Fuels and the LA Gladiators. Um, And we can talk about like, oh, you know, Gladiators, they choke, blah, blah, blah. But if we're talking about roster quality, I mean... Glad's roster quality is unreal. So strong. Dallas as well. Upgrades from last year. I already said, I mentioned on a previous podcast episode, I think Han Bin for me is someone I expect to be an MVP caliber player this year. He should be an MVP candidate if he holds up his reputation from last year and brings that into a 5v5 solo tank environment. I mean, assuming he gets the playtime, assuming he starts, Dallas have you know, an MVP level player on their team. They're, they, and that's alongside Fearless. So, I mean, it's just crazy stuff going on there. Um, so, it's just, it's really hard for me to put them anywhere higher than second. Even maybe second is like quite optimistic. Or maybe third is, is, is more realistic. Maybe I think what Jessica said, third, fourth is pretty good. They're definitely in my top five. I don't think I have Atlanta below five. Yeah. Um, absolutely would not have them below six. So, their top half NA for sure, they should be battling for you know seeding for tournaments etc yeah. uh i mean what's the what's the cutoff for the tournament again for na it's top eight right? i mean they're easily top eight <laughs> yes without question anything so they, lower than that would be a like a, a right, if, you're, <laughs> if you're out of top eight yeah. i mean they can't be out of top eight they the, the roster would be hard shitting the bed somehow yeah, um nice. i know there's a i know there's a lot of atlanta haters out there like who who want to put them like 12th place or something just I don't know. People just don't. People like to dislike Atlanta. Uh, they're the team that people love to hate. And mm. people will, I think, inaccurately place them in terms of power based mm. on like biases of just not liking the team. Like, so, you know, yeah. decouple your dislike of the team with like an objective view of how good they actually are. Like, those, those two things are allowed to be separate here. Yeah. So I think they'd be comfortably two to five in my opinion. So I think that's what I said. You know, I even, I even, my, my example is like, where did you put them? Two to five. That, that's actually my actual position, two to five. Mm. 
So that's probably where I look at the 4R for NA. So, I wrap it up. Atlanta Rain preview. Talked a bunch about Speedy, the new pickup. Talked about uh, the players across the board, how good we think they are. I think we're all pretty confident this is going to be a good team. So looking forward to how they will do. Came second place in the Overwatch League last year. Heading into a new game now. Bunch of great players. Picked up three members from American Tornado. This is Team America plus Venom and Kai. I mean... Uh, what could go wrong? We'll find out. Tune into the air. Thank you so much for this uh, for the preview. We're going to head on to the next one now. Okay, and for our uh, episode listeners, we're going to be moving on to another team now. Just as soon as I bring up their background, here we <laughs> go. go. Done. Nice. Welcome to the 2022 previews for the Overwatch League. We're on to the Boston Uprising now where, my God, they have a lot of players. Nine players. Yeah. Three in each position. And probably overall, maybe an upgrade from last season, they retained only two. Punk and, mm. no, three. Valentine, Punk, and Faith. So three players. Um, Probably you'd say three of their better players, if not their best players, and kind of rebuilt everything around it. Boston, to me, looked like a team that are interested in turning around their previous season, which I think they'd be pretty upset by in, in various cases where they had a reasonable team on paper, but mm. then they ended up being the first team. And I think the only team to lose to last year's Vancouver Titans. So kind of ruined bread bowl a little bit there. I'm still haven't forgiven Boston for that. But <laughs> here they are retooled and upgraded. And I, I still think, you know, uh, not that we're doing a rank them just yet, but it's feeling like a, a middle of the pack team uh, again with some good potential. Why don't we start on the DPS line again? Striker Valentine Victoria, gentlemen. So Valentine returns, now backed up by Striker, who was last seen retired, but before that, the San Francisco Shock, and then preview, mm -hmm. and then other than that, we have Victoria from Uprising Academy as a hard hit scan player who replaces I'm 37. So. Thoughts on this trio? Yeah. Mm -hmm. In one hand, I'm excited to see Striker come back. I think he... to Not to completely go on a tangent, but I do think Tracer is going to have an important role in Overwatch forever and period, full stop, right? Um the the majority of time spent playing this game you'll probably be seeing tracer even if there are some windows that you don't see it ergo striker should be a fantastic pickup victoria i think as much as we applauded i am 37's growth last year from all the things that you know expectations are put around him should be quite good i think valentine has a lot more to prove and i don't think we saw a good season out of him i think he can rise up to those expectations avril i think you can speak to that as well um I think it's a good DPS lineup in a vacuum. I'm more concerned about some outside things, personally. Outside things? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at the team as a whole, and I'm like, I see a very clear role that about, you could go down. Are you talking about other positions? We, we don't talk about them yet, but just trying to get oh, an idea of like what you mean. No. Not positional. It's it's purely logistics and how like the the game script of rosters that kind of look like this possibly can go. Okay, you're being very vague, Joe. I, I, I feel like I need to press <laughs> a little bit further. So okay, I don't even understand when you're subtweeting like this. <laughs> I don't even get what you're talking about. So, so let me just explain myself. Right, 
I look at this team and I think, dang, look at all these great players. Individually, they're sick. Crimzo's good. Punk's good. They had a great season last year. I liked what Crimzo did on Dallas. I I can't even remember where he was last year. I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, he was good, though. Um, I liked Punk last year for Boston. He was a, quite a standout Crimzo's player and helped them. Yes, he was. That other Texas team, whatever. You hate me. Um, Eric, that said, I see them starting with them integrated, but by the end of the season, I worry about their place on this team. And I think that internally, uh, I'm concerned. I'm concerned if they start with them and they end up underperforming and they get pushed out to try to consolidate into a single you know, uh, language roster that also has its growing pains. That's going to keep them middle of the pack. It, it doesn't feel like a clear direction to me. That bad is, is, I mean, okay. Hypothetically, mm-hmm. if punk and crimson get benched, is that bad in your opinion? In a vacuum? No, but logistically that means you spent time practicing with crimson and punk preseason. Okay. That's fine. We come in, we lose. That sucks. We keep losing. That sucks even more. Okay, what do we do? We try to integrate into like lowest common denominator. Let's try to fix what what's going on. Maybe it's a comms thing. Okay, we go fully Korean. Now we've spent all that time practicing. And in some ways, it's kind of a waste. In some ways, it's not. Um, and you have to shift gears. That's never been something that I've been very agreeable to. What if they kind of feel like they're treading water a little bit? What if they're just winning their first three games of Vancouver, and then? Mm-hmm. London and then Washington. Three winnable games. Mm. Very winnable. Wait, no, it's Glad. What? I don't know. And Toronto. Glad's. Wait, wait, wait. Isn't it? Oh, sorry, there is Glad's. Sorry, my bad. There's also Glad's in there as well. Yep. So sure. some winnable, some less winnable. Um, so, so my bad. So it's Vancouver, Glad's into, uh, I believe it's London. Yes. Toronto. And Just Toronto, so. Washington. So kind of like a 50 50 start in their first six games. Mm-hmm. It could go three three. I don't know. I think I feel like you're going down a road of like some major hypotheticals here. Well, one hundred. Like I'm waving my hand, screaming. This is a hypothetical scenario. They could just go on winning, and this could never be an issue for the season ever, right? But just to stem some expectations, if things go a little poorly, I think we're you know back to Boston, treading water, middle of the pack. They're gonna be fine. They're gonna be fun to watch. They might even do some weird stuff. Um, I'm interested to see more of Laurie's coaching style. Um, it felt like he was on the cusp of doing some very interesting things with Valentine, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I just, um, I just but, don't yeah. know if what you're saying is really like a applicable thing for Boston when internal issues with losing can and will happen to every single team that is losing. Agree. And that just ends up being, to me, not a Boston-specific thing. Yeah, we know Boston are bad some internal things in the past, but I think a lot of teams have had internal issues in the past. Agreed. Um, And that's exactly where I'm branching this kind of speculation from. When you look at a team and you kind of have to prepare to lose in a weird way, right? When you look at this team and you try to integrate in Western players into a fully Korean mix, there could be issues much in the same way. We could have said there's going to be issues with shock last year, much. We could, could have said about the spark, right? A lot of these teams are trying to integrate into a mixed roster and they have to commit to that. If they commit and they just see it through the entire way, that's fantastic. I don't trust these teams to do that, if I'm going to be completely honest. This isn't a Boston thing. This is just a, this is, we've seen this game script before. It doesn't work this way. I, I, I don't know. 
we've seen plenty of teams run mixed rosters, and this is just this is not a new thing at all. This is not a new phenomenon. And even That's Boston fair. ran a mixed roster last year. Yeah. Um, and we can say, okay, well, did it work out well? But well, then there were teams that did work out well for mixed roster. So it's Agreed. just too, it's just too hard and weird to go down that road because I, I don't see, you know, unless we want to go down the road of like, you know, Stryker and Huck have a charity boxing match or nope. maybe less charitable than that. Um, I don't see any immediate reason why I would think this roster doesn't work out. Um, that couldn't just apply to anybody. So. Again, it's focusing on just the DPS lining, you know, striker Valentine Victoria. Um, Jessica, any thoughts on that? I think that's a really reasonable DPS line. Probably not competing for the best, but it's like... It's like an A plus, A level DPS line. I think, like, striker of course, stands out. Hopefully he has some, some more left in the tank. I think Valentine... Is, is a really good DPS player. I think v Victoria is probably underrated in generally speaking. Um, I think this, I mean, you kind of have to compare it against anyone, everyone else. And there, uh, I don't know. I, it, it, we're kind of in this luxury position where there's very few teams that just have, have very clearly bad DPS lines. But it, I, 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 hmm. I'm not sure. Is it? Let me let me go down the list. Okay, so. Okay, of course Dallas is better. At this point, I'm not sure if Glatz is better. Um, you sound like you're lagging out to me <laughs> a little bit. Really? Oh goddammit. Just a little bit. I don't know if anyone else got that. Or if it's just me. Um, Joe's nodding his head. Yeah, this is annoying. Um. And then, uh, I mean, Kai, Atlanta is probably better. Shock is probably better. I, yeah, okay. I guess they're average <laughs> in NA. It's about average then. It's about yeah. average. Yeah. You're really hoping for, I think, this, this, when you talk about this line, you're really hoping for a Tracer meta to develop. Right. Um, and yeah, Joe's right. Tracer's been meta for a long time, but. You know, who knows? We get to Overwatch 2. Tracer has 100 HP now and only two blinks and nothing else. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that could, that's on the table. Like, you know, all the all the crybabies on Battle.net forums like, nerf Tracer, and then they do, and then she's dead. Mm -hmm. So, thanks. You think they're um, putting Roadhog as the Overwatch League logo? Hey, who knows? Not even Roadhog, just his belly. Just you look at his belly where, where like, a team logo would be, and it's just the Overwatch logo on his belly, and that's the cover mm -hmm. art. That's the box art right there. That's what they put on the shelf. Um, we know Striker plays a few other heroes, obviously, but there's going to be a little mm -hmm. bit of overlap with Victoria because his other heroes are predominantly hit scan and not a huge pull. Victoria, I've seen a little bit of footage, mm -hmm. and what I hear about people is he was probably one of the biggest players on Uprising Academy. In fact, he was like a huge carry for them, doing absolute crazy stuff. I've heard about you know players going up against Victoria and just being like, holy crap, this guy's doing a lot. Um, so, for all intents and purposes, he might he might have been a driving force sure. on that Uprising yeah. Academy team. And from what I saw, like, yeah, I mean, again, I hadn't watched them. I don't think I've watched enough to make any, you know, uh, super conclusive comments about uh, Uprising Academy or Victoria, but I just know that he was a top performer on that team and a top performer mm -hmm. in NA Contenders. 
and I believe he was actually physically in NA. There were a couple of players that weren't on the Uprising Academy team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he may have been one of the players that were in, in NA. I've got to say, I mean, Boston are kind of killing it as far as tier two support goes. They're like the only Academy team still in North America, at least. Not talking about Asia here, but in North America, they're the only Academy team operating. Um, and going as far as actually shipping their players to NA to play from NA for Academy is pretty insane. So they get to kind of reap the rewards of that, see how that goes. Uh, Victoria could be a gem. I think he's a hidden player that not a lot of people are talking about enough, and he could be a player that really steps up. The problem is he goes up against, you know, a bunch of other really hyped rookies and also up against a lot of returning players on hit scam that are just really good. So... I'll I'll temper my expectations for Victoria right now. I think this is what you said was about right. Probably a middle of the pack, both team and DPS line. Yeah. Uh, very dependent on whether they can unlock strikers' best parts. Um, Valentine probably has more to show than what we had last year, but yeah, will depend if we get to a position where that can happen or not. Tank line, three players. Oh boy. Which and we had talked a little bit about um, what we thought this itself signing could have been. And I was specifically speculating that maybe Boston were selling off a player. Now, that hasn't happened yet. It might not actually happen at all. Maybe they legitimately just have three tanks for whatever reason. Marvel, it's all Punk. And two of those are main tank players. Marvel's kind of like a 50-50 kind of player. Punk is definitely an off-tank player. Um, I So there's two ways to look at this. One is that how does this three-tank dynamic work? Is it just two players permanently benched and one player gets all the play time? Are they going to try and share play time between three of them, two of them, one of them is benched, who knows? Uh, and the other dynamic is, even with three tanks on the roster, it's still a 5v5 game, so we can almost kind of mentally block out two players and just think about one player and how that would work in 5v5. So they could still hypothetically do super well. Even if I think it's a mistake to have three tank players, results-wise, they could still be winning because, you know, as long as one of their three tanks is performing well, they can get results. So I have to kind of decouple that a little bit. I have to kind of decouple my dislike of having a huge tank line with the fact that it could potentially still work. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what the rationale there is. Um, I'm also... Honestly, not sure about Itzal as as a player. That's just like a question mark for me. That's I'm not saying mm-hmm. he's like not good. I'm saying I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's a weird situation there. I think generally speaking, um, Punk is kind of nice with it. Who would you expect to be starting here? Agree. <clears throat> Punk. Will he? Don't know. It's very meta dependent. Like again, like I mean, you have to really consider what hero is meta at any given time. Um. Yeah, I mean, I would say that Punk is like kind of one of their franchise plays, one of the returning members, and. I don't think Itzel would be starting, but I just, I don't, then again, I just don't know why they signed him then. Is yeah. a backup option? Is he just permanently a backup option? <clears throat> Is he trade bait? But that doesn't make sense either because 
he could have just been signed from Uprising Academy anyway for trading. Um, I could see either Marvel or Punk starting. I, I don't. I just don't know about it. So I don't. I don't know if I see him starting, but he's there for something. He's there for some reason. Um, I think their tank line will be reasonable. It's just the problem is you're going up against. I think the Kato Hawk line is better. Fearless Harbin obviously better. Um, I think even on a one to one basis, despite Houston only have one tank, you probably think Piggy's a better individual depending on the meta. I mean, Houston might get screwed if it's a heavy main tank meta. Mm. Um, like I mean, shit. Maybe maybe Kaluja's even better. Kellen's probably better. Space Reiner could be better for sure. Space definitely going to be better. Mag, I still see a lot of a lot coming out of. I mean, Mag Kellyus mm. had a reasonable season last year. Mag is still a good player. I think he he didn't perform up to his full potential, but just knowing where that potential is, I mean, that could still be unlocked. So it ends up to me being a, a kind of another middle of the pack kind of tank line as well. Yeah, it. I I would tend to agree for the most part. Um, the I think coming into this season, I think we'd all probably agree that we expected teams to be a little bit tighter with uh, the roster size and seeing. This is, I think this is the first time that I'm a little concerned when I see bigger rosters. I'm going to be honest. I look at Spark. I look at Boston. Maybe even Titans in a, in a weird way because I, I have positive things to say about them. But I don't know about their depth. I don't know how this gets used. And that's less of like a woe of the team and more of like, we don't know what this game is. So why are we investing so heavily into it just yet? Why don't we... Backup options, it looks like. Just a shitload of backup options. I I mean I I appreciate that but uh, that's a lot. I'm I'm I don't know. I feel like I'm flip-flopping on that but I I do feel strongly about it at this point that I'm like I don't know how deep I want to go right now. Maybe mid-season? I don't know. Don't know how I feel about that. But tank-wise, yeah, I think they've they've covered all their bases. They seem good enough. Who starts beats the shit out of me. I would say Punk. So let's go towards the support line now. Faith Crimson MC. I think this is the, one of the more strikingly positive parts of the team. Mm. Um, Faith returning is really strong. I think he was one of the better players, well regarded by Boston internally as well. Mm-hmm. Crimson had a really good season on Houston. Um, that Houston, sorry, that Crimson interview that you did that one. Did you join? I think. Um, no, I think that was Seb for uh, GG Recon. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so GG Recon. Did, so you didn't do it yesterday with someone else and Seb from GG Recon. Okay, got it. Yes. That's a really good interview to look at, by the way, for anyone interested. Uh, Crimson said some good stuff, really interesting things. And, you know, some of the things that, uh, some of the parts that kind of struck me were you know, talking about how much he believed in the Boston system. Didn't take long for him to sign either. He signed pretty quickly to Boston. He was exploring mm-hmm. his offers. Um, felt like he landed where he wanted to go and didn't feel the need to shop around for too much. So he took the offer and went with it. So I mean he feels he feels pretty strongly about joining this team. And yeah. he actually mentioned as well when when in initial discussions with Boston, like who are they keeping? What's their vision for the team? Got told they were keeping Valentine Punk Faith. Crimson's like, yep, I think those are the best players as well to keep. So it just feels like Crimson are really aligned with what uh, Boston want to do for this year, which sure. is cool. And yeah. the Boston rounded up with another flex support on MCD. Um, controversy aside, individually as a, as a player, mechanically he was quite good yeah. for the the Spark. I think uh, he was one of the better parts for the Spark last year. That 
was really holding his own. I think there was various points in Spark's campaign where I said there were three players really holding their own and putting Spark in contention to win games when otherwise mm-hmm. they looked like they were maybe shitting the bed. And those three players were Shai, Gushue, and MCD. And when those three players were on the same page and doing what they needed to, they were kind of carrying the other three guys in their team. Um, Shy is obviously Shy, but then you have the MCD, Anna plus Gushue Winston during various stages where they were playing, I think, double bubble or just Winston-based comps, which is obviously going to be Gushue's strong point. Those were really good moments for the Spark, and MCD was part of that. So again, controversy aside, I think individually he has a lot to bring. Um, and I mean, fuck it, this is apparently the year of controversial signings. So, you know, everyone's, every, every team has just looked at each other, shook hands on it, and be like, fuck it. <laughs> Anyone can play. Fuck it. Um, uh, maybe he'll redeem himself. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm not here to talk about controversy, but as a, as a player, I think he's still got something to show here. So, uh, reasonable player. Yeah. I, I like, I like all these players in a vacuum. I, you know, the meme, haha, I pick faith for the whatever the hell draft it was, but there are, there are like reasons for that, right? Like you hear stirrings that statistically he's performing very well. He's extremely good in scrims. He's a good player to have around in the team. You look at Crimzo since Envision Esports, this kid has been synonymous with, you know, relative success within NA. Um, And I would echo the same sentiments with MCD in, in APAC. Yeah, I don't know. I I like it. So we, I want to like it. And that's it. <laughs> this is probably the part of the team that I think I like the most. Yeah, I don't want to undervalue the other parts too much, but like I think if there's one area that they actually really compete with on other teams, it's definitely the support line. Yeah. Jessica, did you already speak on the support line? I can't remember. Um, I feel like it's really solid. Um, I think once again, like we said already last year, and Joel also implicitly with his pick this year, that faith is uh, a a sub- main support you should be valuing. They value him highly. Um, I think Crimson definitely like has been the best flex support from the Western side for probably two seasons now. Um, mm-hmm. I think like if they have to double flex support, MCD is reasonable. Yeah, I don't know. Like this is just a good one. It's it, it it pretty much feels like their DPS line feels. It's just generally mm-hmm. a very balanced team. It's not like mm-hmm. yeah, if anything you could maybe think that striker like a peaking striker is probably like the shining thing that we know about. I'm not sure if there's yeah. other things there, but uh everything else here is just like perfectly balanced in the power levels I would expect from them. Mm. so power level now let's actually get into that as we wrap up Boston Uprising where do you see this team right now among the NA crowd what's your kind of range a for a team like this mid that's a mid yeah, mid but like, mid, but like bottom mid. half or top half because out of 13 teams so if we say that number is number 7 exactly the median there? why is my math bad mm-hmm yeah, number seven. So are they above number seven or below number seven? Or are they just number seven? They are number seven. I would say seven, too. I think this is it's like your league average team. Just yeah. flat in the middle. Yeah. Don't say... you. you I don't think league average would be accurate because we haven't included APAC yet. So no. We'll, I, once you shove in the APAC teams, they go yeah. from like seven to like 15th or something. No, I'm joking. But like... Uh, Agreed. 
you shove right out of where NA average. That's the NA, NA benchmark okay, is going to be Boston. I okay, so NA benchmark is lower than gotcha. Um, no, but seriously, uh, seventh. Okay, let me just say, only have a thing about this. Do I put them above? Because for them to be seventh, I'd have to put them above six other teams. Mm-hmm. Would I put them above six other teams? Let me have a let me have a good thing about this. It's just doing a bit of counting in my head. I was looking for teams to put to put below Boston, and for some reason, my eyes went to Boston. I'm like I could put this team. Oh, that is the same team. My bad. <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't even. I don't know that I'd have them seventh. I think I'd put them. I'd my range would be closer to seven to nine. Okay. If I not seven to ten, let me think about that for a second. Seven to ten means it's thirteen, twelve, and eleven. So they have to be above three for sure. I think they can be above three for sure. Can it be above four? I think they can be above four. 13, 12, 11, 10. So, no, yeah, seven to nine would be pretty good. Yeah. Can I put them above seven? Probably not. I think I have a stable top six, top six in my mind, and I don't think they could breach it. This is why I think the seven is even not quite there for me. Maybe, yeah. I think I'd be more comfortable doing it at eight or nine. That's why I, I'll, just, I'll do seven as like. I'll do I'll do the the very top I see them doing on paper is probably like a six at the very most. And that wouldn't that would require them to upset somebody like yes. they'd have to take down like a Toronto shock, New York, mm-hmm. or Houston level team. If they can do that, they can breach six. Um once you get to five, it's gonna be you can't really do that because now we're talking about top five for me is very solid in terms of having like rain and stuff up there. So Boston would have to be really punching above their weight to to get anywhere six or even attempting to go above that. They would have to you would have to have teams like Rain shitting the bed. Yep. Um, and then Boston would have to at the same time simultaneously be playing out of their minds. You'd have to have a perfect tracer meta. Striker goes full nutty mode. Um, and only teams with tracers can keep up, and teams that don't are, are just sad. So, I think reliably. I'll stick to my seven to nine. I'll just say that. I'll just say seven nine. Yeah, cool. no, I don't hate that. Would agree. It, it is definitely harder to place them once you actually go down the list. Like, I I could see them beating out a team like Defiant. I could see them beating out Justice. I can see them be better than Outlaws. Can I see them better be be better than anyone else? I, I actually thought it was quite spicy that you had shock this low and in the conversation with uh with those the rest of those teams. I don't think that's that for me. I think there's no chance they are going well, to be I think, than Well, I don't think I'm not saying shock is sixth place. I'm not saying shock is sixth place. I'm just saying like they if shock were to go team. down, if they were low, they'd be something closer to sixth. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, uh, upper level shock. Hmm? Second, are they not that tier level of team? Like with I'm getting your audio so late. <laughs> are they not in the same tier for you as like Outlaws, Justice, Defined? Because you mentioned those as like type it out to me, Yiska. Boston, who Boston or or Shark? It's like I'm talking to you from the International Space Station. Like it's a bit of a delay, you know, like <laughs> I have to wait to see you. 
Is Shock in the same tier as Houston Justice? Uh, uh, above. I've Shock sl slightly above those teams. I don't know if I can comfortably put tier teams in tiers just yet. It's just like, maybe I can. I don't know. I, I'm not saying like Boston would ever be in, should ever be in striking distance of Shock. Um, but um, really depends on how they manage. This is not meant to be a Shock discussion. Go watch the Shock episode if you want to hear the longer discussion. It depends on how Collusion and Violet turn out for me. Again. So, Violet on the main support, obviously. Uh, so that aside, yeah, Boston and Shock shouldn't really be on the same level at all at any point. Um, I think that's about it. I think we're pretty happy to move on then. We can go on to the next team. Thank you for hanging out for the Boston Uprising team preview. We're going to be continuing on with NA coverage now as I swap over my background. Who did we say was next? Uh huh, okay. Just grabbing it. Here we go. Alrighty. Welcome to 2022 team previews. Next up for North America is going to be the Florida Mayhem. Flowrider Mayhem. A team that is entirely different from their previous iteration, minus one returning player in checkmate. Brand new coaching staff. Brand new direction for the team. It is a full sale, almost full sale, franchise rebrand rebrand in the sense of like who the players are and the team is not so much the actual brand stuff but like a a redo a reset button on this team so checkmate gets to come back in as properly a dps player not someone just covering for og they add hydron from at mirror comes over from glads hmm. someone adam animo majed uh adam's been kind of on his way to the league for a while but was denied when valiant had their whole thing going on and um, Animo rounding out as the veteran play on this team as well. A player that I think was quite surprising for a lot of people. Um, a Jed, someone they felt like was going to be one of the better Western pickups available from the flex support. In some ways, Florida Mayhem does look a lot like Atlanta Rain from mm -hmm. a goal perspective for the team in terms of trying to build a Western roster. Now, they couldn't collect all the best Western pieces that they wanted. Obviously, I think they were definitely going to be going for players like OG Ultraviolet, for example, but just can't secure everybody. True. They might have gone for, maybe they went for Reiner and he decided to go for Glads, understandable. I don't know. They they probably went for a large number of the AT players and they only got Hydron. That's still pretty good. And then they just kind of built up a more of a mixed roster around it. Um, probably describe this as a bit of a Moneyball team. When you get Gumbo on board and he's your head coach, he deploys the Gumba vision mm. and a person that is super well known for his scouting ability for finding high value players that are overlooked by other teams. So literally a money ball kind of approach to roster building. And he's been super successful with this approach in all, pretty much every single roster that he's been a part of the roster building process. So across all of Immortal Valorant, this is the guy that discovered and gave a shot to Asuna. Uh, as well as a number of really high profile or just like good Valorant players. Um, he got some really good results off of team rosters that were probably 
a fraction of what big rosters in Valorant cost, you know, when you look at the Sentinels and the Envies and stuff like that. So he comes over now, brings his roster building expertise, grabs longtime, you know, associate um, in McGravy, where mm-hmm. McGravy's been out of pro play for a while, but has had a lot of interest in coaching. They've obviously worked together. Very, he's actually been on Florida before, funny enough, way in the past. Um, knows Gumba's system well, and uh, they bring in day one as well from Team CC, which is also where someone comes from, tank player. So, yeah, th- this is a, a whole new look for the Florida Mayhem, hoping to do a lot with a roster that is probably quite a bit cheaper than a lot of other rosters, which would give them a huge amount of value, but it's definitely a, a very different look to how they were last year. Uh, start with Hydron Checkmate Mirror before we talk about the whole roster. I quite like this DPS trio. Um, I value Mirror's role um, as kind of the funny hero specialist. Um, as somebody who can kind of off-roll if need be uh, for God knows whatever reason. Um, quite highly. Um, stepping into a new game, I think that is at a premium as it stands. Um, I agree with Avril. I don't think we really saw Checkmate's potential. And if we're resetting our internal clocks and saying, okay, if this is his rookie season, I would probably expect some decent things. And Hydron uh, was highly spoken about um, amongst like next to almost next to or above Aspire. Like if you thought Aspire had a good season last year, well, Hydron is... Maybe not even the next best thing, but, you know, I guess kind of in the same way, the next best thing. Um, But maybe even improving on that kind of benchmark. Um, I quite like it. I think it's probably their strongest, like, out of the three. I would say their DPS is probably the strongest line, personally. uh, Out of the other positions on the team, you mean? Yes, yes. Jessica? I feel like... The thing is, the problem really this team has is that everyone is now super stacked in that position as well. I guess we've <laughs> just realized comparing like Boston. Um, yeah, I, I think like they are, there's probably reason to believe that Checkmate was underrated. I'm not sure too much too sure about Hydron. Um, I think Mirror, as, as you outlined, is like a really serviceable player that has like a p- couple of ace picks. At the same time, I'm like, does this hold up against the rest of the league? Like, is the quality high enough even to compete? Like, if, I, if I'm stacking this these guys up against Boston, I'm not sure I'm getting out ahead. I think that's that's probably a DPS and slightly weaker on paper. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's it's hard to say. Definitely in a comparison of the... If it's a tracer meta, for sure. I mean, Striker should be running circles around these guys. But outside of that, I mean, it's hard. maybe it's hard to say. Um, but, I mean, that even being said, I mean, Hydron's tracers... I mean, oh, yeah, it is against Striker's tracer. That would be a bit rough. Uh, this is a very stable DPS line in terms of covering all your bases. You got everything you need. You, you know, hit scan player, your flex projectile player, and then Mirror who comes in is probably 
I think the league's best quote unquote third DPS in terms. Mm. He's got such a unique hero pool that he is a bit of a double edged sword in terms of his own playing time. Like, true. He's not someone you want to run comfortably in most metas, but in very specific metas where his heroes are good, you, you, you're running this guy for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's like a specialist specialist. <laughs> he specializes in being a specialist almost as weird as that sounds. Uh, so I see Mirror doing more for Mayhem than I see for, for the guys like, who are you on dragons, for example? Oh, agreed. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yep. I mean, the only, the only way well, actually, I'll be I'll be I'll be straight about that. I think a better third DPS would probably be someone like Stalker, but then you're just you know that. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you're talk, we're talking about like players that are just insane. Yeah, yeah. not the same. Mirror is not insane. I mean, he's a good player, but you know, at that point, you're like, well, you know, I might as well have proper be your third DPS. My fuck it. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit unfair of a comparison. Um, but we actually something I brought up even last year when they announced Mirror, I was like, this is a pretty smart pickup for Mayhem because not only does Mirror just cover really fringe picks on your dps line but he covers some tanks as well so he can like really really yes. hardcore multi-flex into a bunch of different positions including off rolling which is really high value so i think mirror is a super high value pickup especially for a team like mayhem but for a lot of teams that wanted a western player that has the capability of flexing a lot of different places because imagine you are an outlaws type team and you only have piggy or maybe Vancouver, who only has false. Someone like Mirror has a lot of value on that team when you only have one one tank. Or hypothetically, if Mirror was Korean and he joined the the Newark Excelsior, that third DPS makes a lot of sense because he's got some heroes that would actually complement someone like Kellen, right? So, um, yeah, his team has already got two tanks. But if he joined a team with only one tank, I mean, that would be one of the highest value DPSs possible that you could absolutely get. So, uh, checkmate. Hella underrated. Most fans just don't even know about his DPS capabilities. They, they just think he's funny, rhyme tank man who replaced OG for a little bit when OG went on his mental yeah. vacation. Um, and they just have no idea how good Checkmate is as a DPS player, which is maybe not their fault, but at the same time means that you get some weird takes in the community where they just hella underrate him. I've seen what Checkmate can do in DPS. He was on a very successful punch above their weight kind of team in Contenders Korea. Um, and cl- clearly one of the better players. Well, I actually expected him to come in last year and play a lot, but you, when you play with Yaki on your team, you're probably going to get benched with Yaki. It's understandable. I mean, we didn't really get to see a good showing from him. Um, I would expect some big things. I'd probably expect him to start. I think um, it's pretty safe to now, say yeah, that Checkmate Hydron are going to be like the the starters with Mirror um, echoing what you said. Um, Possibly doing some role swapping and being a little bit uh, fluid. So, yeah. Uh, DPS line's good. I like it. Yes, are you happy? You good? Yeah, yeah. I'll find on the, on the cool. DPS line. Okay, cool. Let's go towards the tank. Someone in Adam. So, this is a really interesting tank line. Double rookies. A yeah. lot of uh, maybe question marks in terms of unknown quantity on this kind of line. Um, Adam played briefly for Uprising Academy on Dark Mode as well, uh, and Ground Zero in Australia, which, you know, most people probably wouldn't have seen his gameplay from there. Um, I'll just put it bluntly, he absolutely dominated, as he should. And then you have Summon, who played in Team CC, and I think previously he was on Gen G as well. I remember casting him on Gen G, yeah. So, he's a very young player in Gen G. 
And actually, he's not even 18. He doesn't turn 18 until April 24th. So he's about to be 18, but just in time for the season. And previously, had we already started the season, which, I mean, if we were a normal eSport, we damn well should have started the season already. He would have not been eligible, but he is eligible now because we start so late. And he was part of the CC squad for a full year last year, two seasons. Um, first season, reasonable. Second season, not great. Not very good at all. Um, and I think that soured my opinion on someone a little bit, just because CC as a as a as a combined unit wasn't super good in season two of last year. CC really fell off hard, so it's like this is the same thing that kind of sours my opinion of Aim God a little bit. So CC in general doesn't, you know, when you, when you have a rookie coming from that team as opposed to other teams like O2 Blast, which is the obvious one, and then maybe even like a Talon, like Talon O2 Blast, you feel great if they come from there. Any other team is starting to be like, mm, maybe less. So I know that uh, the players regard him well. I know that people that have played against him and with him regard him as, as, as a pretty good player. And I think now, maybe in a different system, he, he can flourish. Because I'll also say, CC had, ever since No Hill got removed from that team or whatever that, that process was, uh, CC kind of slid down. So maybe you, he needs to be on a team where. He can be guided and have a coaching staff that will push into his potential. Uh, and then he could be a, a real diamond in the rough kind of player. I mean, this entire team, I think, is kind of like that. This is the real, like, legitimate punch above your weight type of team. Yes. Because you don't expect them to be on the same weight class as anybody else. They come in as the featherweight in, in you know, in a league with a lot of heavyweights. And they kind of have to go for some nut shots or something. I mean, let's be honest. Like... By all rights, this team should be like in the Spitfire, in the uh, Vancouver, in the Paris tier. But they're probably the most likely to have like a breakout season mm -hmm. out of the, all of those mentioned. Mm -hmm. Yep. I have the highest ceiling. They have the highest potential to break out of that tier and upset. Mm hmm. And, and, you know, this, this goes past, I know we're talking about coaches, but I think, um, the system that Gunba brings also uh, attributes to that or, you know, helps to catalyze oh, that, sure. that punch above your weight kind of mentality, right? Mm -hmm. um, however, I, I, I defer all assumptions around Adam to Avril. I would trust and agree yeah. and echo a lot of those things there. The one thing that I will say about someone, um, somebody who I would also yeah. well regard, um, spoke to me uh about his play in particular and had two things to say his leadership was quite good and his english was actually phenomenal um so it, comparing that to you know having a pedigree to be able to be signed to gen g and team cc the mechanics you know that that's already an obvious um it was it was a surprising name to be voted so highly when coming from uh na or yeah. just contenders in general so definitely somebody else to be on the lookout for. i mean this is this could be one of like when we talk about overlooked players, this could be like literal definition. Because yeah. I don't know if any other team would have been interested in him at all. Mm -hmm. He would have been like one of the most overlooked players if he actually pans out right. And by the way, how funny was it that you the way you structured that sentence of talk about mm -hmm. him is like, yeah, somebody said something somewhere about someone. Right. I, I don't know. It's all just vague. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Feel bad for anybody having to cast uh, the Florida man. <laughs> it's fucking, and it won't be me. Thank you very much. Thank God. Um, I, I, listen, I already had to deal with. I dealt with that shit for two years in contenders already. I'm, sure, uh, please, yeah. Please no. 
somebody else can have that pain. Um, just call him S1. I don't know. I have no idea. He needs to change that name. It is, it is gross. The team, by the way, they don't even... They, obviously, they call him by his real name, mm. which... Get ready for this. His real name is Ham. H-A-M. Ham. <laughs> nice. It's a main tank player called Ham. I hope he goes to Ham. Possibly. Bro, your main tank is Ham. Like, yeah, he is. Really? Legitimately is. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, Checkmate's uh, nickname last season was Ham. Was he? No, but he played like that. Oh, right. But he played like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I get it now. Yeah, interesting. Good stuff. So, um, I don't know. I don't. Strangely, I'm like probably the the first person to talk to about Adam. I don't have a lot to add about Adam because, mm. what can I say? Yeah, he dominated Australia like he should. Cool. True. Like he was individually the most impressive player in Australia, but that's just a given, right? You know, like yeah, yeah it's just like, that's just uh, stating the obvious. So really, it's a, but then you talk about what he did in NA, but then he was on high ping, and it's like eh, this mm. and that. That's just, and then you know he was playing Uprising Academy, but then they went full Korean. So unlucky, gets cut because he's not Korean. You know, what do you do? He's playing a dark mode, but dark mode's like yeah. an all right team. Uh, he does have a connection to McGravy through dark mode because McGravy was coaching dark mode. True, there's true. a connection there. I think this is one of those. Because let's really think about it. Were, were there other tier two off tanks they could have gotten that are just clearly better that they should have gotten? that would have potentially been in their price range. I mean, Kaluj was available, but I think some teams, maybe Florida wanted to dodge that bullet a little bit. Yeah. And also, I think, Kalu I was going to say maybe Kaluj is too expensive, but I think Kaluj would just take any any deal because like he's, his likelihood of getting on the team pre-shock was just like zilch. So I'm sure he would have taken a 50 grand deal if he well, it that, that like was available. feels like a false move, maybe? False? Like in that tier of player. Like I feel like it ha probably has to be Western or Korean player that has a visa and has experience like on a mixed roster. I feel like um, Florida want to go as, as Western as possible though. Yes, I agree. I think I, they reluctantly they reluctantly went three three Korean. When mm -hmm. they probably didn't really when they you know, let's just listening to what Albert was saying early on yep. about the direction Florida was gonna go in. You know, sound like it was gonna be either a full Western or a predominantly Western team. Mm -hmm. Probably like a that's why I said that they look like a mini rain in, in that regard, in the sense Great. of like the direction of the team. But yep, rain is like we're gonna go full western plus venom, and Flora is like I guess we're doing fifty fifty. Um, I don't know. I can't. I, it's what? it's a shame that I can't say more about Adam because I just haven't. You know, there's not more I can add other than he dominated Australia, got a bit unlucky in NA. I don't know. Mm -hmm. What happened to Gabushi, by the way? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sent to the shadow just, realm. I don't know. It just doesn't. It just doesn't fit like the. And again, like this is some big attributions like we're prescribing to this team. Um, but again, if you read between the lines, it does feel like they want to go fully Western. The only like odd player that they've signed, not to completely jump ahead, is Anamo. Someone again, you kind of have to trust me on this. Like apparently has quite good English and like is a good leadership figure. Like that feels like a a nuanced take, right? You had checkmate from last year. Okay, like okay, we hand wave that away. The only uh, weird, like non-Western player, big quotations on that audio listeners, uh, is Animo. If you go full, you know, more outside of that, that's where it just doesn't feel like able she like um, really fit. It feels like we're we're sticking in NA. We're sticking Western at the very least. 
Going back to Gable Sheet a little bit, it does feel like he got just reading between the lines as well. Like the, his mm-hmm. the interest in Gable Sheet went from like reasonably high to now like zero for some reason. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's why I'm like, yeah, did he get sent to the Shadow Realm? Like, what's going on? Is he <clears throat> battling Pegasus in there? What's going on? Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't know. He's just. He's just. He's just gone. And it's just like teams. He played for Boston for a little bit. Then Boston are like, no, actually, actually, Punk's better. Mm. Actually, was better. And and after that, just never saw him again. GBS, Mister Penisfish, just just simply gone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know on that one. And I, and to Joe's point as well, I don't know that they would have gone for a Korean off tank. Uh, to, although to be really honest, if you want to moneyball a team properly, the best way to moneyball a team is actually just to load up with a bunch of fresh Korean rookies that other people have overlooked. That's a that's a that's a winning strategy for moneyballing a team if you want to go yeah. that that direction. So it's a question because, like uh, when you, where you feel like your abilities are if you're the head coach in Gunba. And to be fair, if you look back, can't really deny the success he's had with uh, the Valiant specifically, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which was like a split squad, to be fair. Yeah. But then again, there's probably also something that the organization has a say in and like I'm not sure what their declared goal is. I think, generally speaking, Albert is also someone that generally tends Winston in his selection um, in recent years, at least. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not sure, um, but it's it's certainly yeah, it, it, interesting. I mean- one. All I know is like, you know, Valiant's one thing, and I don't know how many listeners are any sort of followers within Valorant as well, but I mean, the, mm. so many good players have actually come through Immortals and used, mm. and for better or worse, used Immortals as a bit of a stepping stone to eventually get on other better rosters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the biggest, the bigger names are like Asuna and Jonah P. Um, I think some other players, like you, you'd say the Natures and Rossies and stuff like that. The point is, is that there is a shot proven up. track record of him. Shot up is a great, a great one. It's a proven record for people that don't follow Valorant. These are just all random names. You don't even know who they are. <laughs> just trust that these are good players in Valorant that got that came through the Immortals system um, as predominantly, probably a bit budget to start with. But I mean, they moneyballed the fuck out of Valorant and had good results doing that. Or at least were competitive. They were competitive with teams that had like five times their budget. You know what I'm saying? So yep. that's from a value financial standpoint, that's crazy. Uh, so if they can, if Gumma can repeat that success on Florida, that, that'd be that'd be wild. Let's talk about the supports. You already you already mentioned this about Anima, but you think he's a bit of a weird pickup. I don't really know much about Majed. He played on Bobby Wasabi Falcons, Raspberry Races. Yeah. Um, another blind spot for me. I just haven't seen the teams that he's played on personally. Again, just haven't, mm. you know, not my particular regions and not great time zones, etc. All my regular oh, for excuses sure. for that. Uh, <laughs> Animo, someone, I'm probably one of the more familiar, you know, personalities that know Animo because I've actually seen him. I've actually pretty much seen his entire career from mm-hmm. front to back. Because I, I casted him back when he was way pre-Overwatch League, playing on Ardient with Aim God mm-hmm. and DM and Erster. Uh, interesting enough, against Gumba. So they were all in sure. the Pacific yeah. region in Taiwan together, all living in Taiwan. And Gumba's team got smacked the shit out of by Animo's team back then. And now he's his coach. 
Uh, oh, that, that team, by the way, the animal was on in the Pacific region. That was Moon's team. Moon was coaching mm-hmm. that team. So there's a lot of there's a lot of pedigree that goes back to that moment. Anyway, um, <laughs> so Animo is I mean I always regard him as a good player, but he he gets such a really bad rap, and I think the whole soul falling apart last season was part of that. I mean New York as well started falling apart. I don't know if he's just like a cursed player that always ends up on these type of teams. I never felt like he was personally holding the team back. I know he's not an exciting player to watch, and maybe people have been just too highly stimulated by the funny Astros and the FD gods and the moths of the world. And they're like, Oh my God, Frogman boop, everybody 5k. Yeah. Like if you're not a frogman getting six, six K boops, then what are you really is I think a position some people hold. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I think you're allowed to just be a, maybe above league average player who does their job unceremoniously, doesn't take a lot of credit. And that's maybe an okay thing as a as a main support. Mm-hmm. And I think you do have to kind of look at the POV again because a player that I would describe as a very similar in terms of feeling where he's pretty invisible when you watch live, but you kind of have to go back and really look at the POVs oh. to get a feel for it. But someone like Massa, where he's he's probably he's probably one of the more underrated areas of 2021 reign because mm-hmm. everything he did was pretty invisible. You never really got to see his impact that much. Um, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't need to be a super flashy main support. And I think Animo gets a lot of flack for not being a super flashy main support. But he's clearly someone valued by the mayhem because they wanted someone that was a veteran player with leadership qualities and that could sort of bring the team together. Now, I look across the board and I think, what else could they have done? Could they have gotten another main support player? Obviously, I think Florida would have wanted OG Ultraviolet first off. If they could get sure. OG Ultraviolet, they probably right. don't have Animo Majed. So, we'll say that much. True. They can't get OG Ultraviolet. Okay, they have Anima Majed. I I actually thought it was going to be maybe Majed Luke Mino as a duo. I legitimately, when they teased their second yeah. support player, I was like, "Oh, it's got to be Luke Mino, right?" Yes, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was Anima, which was super surprising. But I'm only surprised. I'm not. I'm not surprised in the sense that of uh, play quality. I'm surprised in that I didn't think that he would be a priority pick for this type of team. That mm-hmm. is was predominantly. Western, but now is a mixed roster. Yep. Would agree. I think um to Majed, um, because I think he I, I have less to say about him. Um looking at the ultraviolet comparison, I think he is like comparable, but like maybe a, a not like a tier below, but like a step below. Like it's it's kind of close. They were competitive um even in their region uh i have also heard this you know a similar uh kind of measuring from the you know analysts and experts from that region so would tend to agree um good player probably is going to be another one of those like punch above your weights you're not expecting him to be good but he's actually going to be pretty serviceable and probably above average and then there's animo um i i don't disagree with with anything uh with what you're saying i think that's fine to be like a veteran vocal presence uh but then we start to hear that supports are getting a little uh little wonky um get a little a little abused let's say um hopefully that changes Uh, i'd like to see that changed but if it doesn't i'm a little concerned with animo um i'm a little i i i I don't think to talk on Masa, the Masa comparison, I think Masa was flashy in subtle ways, whereas Animo has just always been like fine. 
And I think that's fine just to be like the benchmark. Um, but it does, if I'm going to be completely honest, it does feel like a liability uh, yes. for this roster. Um, and it, I don't know why, but like, has Florida ever had a good main support? Can somebody please correct me? Because my brain is just Slime. like running blanks. Slime yeah, how, how, was no how high did you like? True. Slime. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Even then, I think most people would be like, oh, slime was like kind of average, you know, wasn't. Yeah. It just feels like a role that like. <laughs> in a weird way, there are certain teams that just have roles that they like always excel at and then they just like just don't have like. They, they just, there you go. That's the answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's nuts and it's never been as bad as I think we tend to paint it. But. With all the comments around support coming into Overwatch 2 in the beta, and it, again, it could change. Uh, I'm I am concerned for Anma. I'll say that. I mean, Masa would just clearly be an upgrade, right? I'm not agree. Yes, this. I've I've I'm with Avril. I've been a big Masa stand supporter since you know really fine tooth coming his play. Agree. I'm really curious about what happened in the off season. There is it that they weren't targeting Masa, or was Vancouver offering something better? Who knows? Good question. Yeah, that's a great question. Really interesting dynamic. What happened behind the scenes? Because if you're looking to build a, a good Western roster, mm. uh, I mean, fuck it. If you're if you're gonna be mini Atlanta Rain, you might as well start taking their players. <laughs> you know, start with Master. Start there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, part of me does feel like Anima wasn't their priority, and the reason I say that is because I'm almost certain OG would have been their priority if they could have gone. Oh, that's true. That's why I. That's why I know Anima wasn't the first person. Like your Florida, your Gumba, or your Albert in the offseason. You're like, get get Anima now. Get he's, on on number, he's on yeah. number one draft pick. No, he just he just simply wasn't. I just don't think he was. Yeah. No. I I think you'd be hard pressed to find a team not named the Los Angeles Valiant that would have been like get Anima on the horn. You know, like who is who is like who is like topping the, I mean, the support like short lists. I, I just don't see I, mean, I, was, I don't see that. I'd gamble on a rookie before I take Anamo. And I and again, I think he's had a fine career. I think he's fine. I think he's like just the benchmark. I think he's okay. I think he can play. I just don't think he's very good. Let's let's call a spade a spade here. This is one of the worst uh support lines in the league, right? I mean well, I got well, a little bit people are down because people are down on Anamo and Majed is probably a bit more unknown. And he's yeah. not, Majed is not the, <sighs> right. he's not the standard for a flex sport coming out of, of the West because ultraviolet is the standard. And so yes. if you don't get ultraviolet, everybody else just is worse. Right. I mean, it, it is pretty hard to just look at any of the backlines and say they are clearly worse. Like, yeah, um, you're not wrong. Where do you put provide Emerald? I'm fine, like even giving you that those could maybe be worse. I'm not sure, but that's pretty much it. I mean, how do you feel about <sighs> this? Is a reach, so you have to excuse me. <laughs> Irish Lastro. Yeah, I do. I was looking I mean, at maybe. the same thing. I'm like, maybe, maybe. maybe. <sighs> I mean, it's a problem that flex, they, yeah. yes, yeah. At the same time, and then who plays main support? Bro, yeah, I mean, I even right, but you... what happens if this <laughs> if this meta once it's flex support, you're now like basically yeah, playing position. playing like battleships oh, yeah, 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 with yeah, yeah. Animo, mm -hmm. where it's like B seven for my in. aim, like 
True. Come on. I'll take like, that. I'll Mira's take a beer. Gonna, Mira's going to play your, your Anna. Don't you worry about that. I'll take that. I, I'll take that. Your pretty Remember little that. face. Mira's going to... He's he's now like an Omega Sigma Flex, where a Hyper Flex would just, would just play everything in their own role. An Omega Sigma Flex plays every role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's what he's what hydra- like he's what everybody thinks hydration is. Right? Like Mirror genuinely can play everything at a pretty high level. And like we've seen that in the past. Whereas Hydration is like played Winston in contenders and like was okay. <laughs> yeah. I I, I like also, Hydration. Also I've seen him for a long time. He's not Mirror. Yeah. What you just said about the Florida backline, you could say about the entire roster, though. Mm. Hypothetically. May, ah, yeah, oh, I mean, well, you're not in wrong. Some way, in some ways. Yeah. So let's compare. Yeah. Let's, let's, put, let's put it to the test. But we got to wrap this up. So we're going to do the rankings now. We're, well, we'll do mm, the yeah. rankings. We're going to do the... Where would you put this team? Like, uh, where, where's the confidence level for this team in terms of a range in NA? Bottom four. Oh, so you think their range is thirteen to nine or nine thirteen? Mm, probably eight oh, that's thirteen. Five. If I'm being that's, that's six, then yeah. that's six. That's that's bottom six. Yeah. Okay, eight to thirteen, right? That's a wide range. I'm I'm, I'm pussyfooting around this. It's like. Yeah, you are, you bitch. It's- yes, they, I think I think for me there's somewhere <laughs> between one and thirteen. Somewhere <laughs> between. <one and> 13. <laughs> okay, then let's hear it then. Where are they? G- uh, okay. Give me the exact map I- score, or I'm not satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, we we can do we save that for for you know power rankings. We will get there, I'm sure. Um, I like Florida, and some of it comes from like some bullshit like tea leaf reading that I think Gunba's gonna be a ruthless business manager and just like make <laughs> crazy signings. I like them around Boston. Wherever you put Boston, I like them either slightly below or slightly above them. I, I quite I don't like hate Florida. That. Sli- I, sorry, slightly below, slightly bo- so. So if I think Boston is seventh, I think Florida could either be sixth or eighth. Bro, I, I think I, they're I would competitive some, in the middle. I would need some flaming hot scrim bucks in order to believe this. <laughs> like, <laughs> flaming hot scrim I think Adam has a lot to prove. I like someone at main tank. I, I agree. Animo is not who I want as main support. But I like Hydron quite a lot. I've heard a lot of good things. I've heard a lot of good things from Checkmate. I quite like Mirror's, like, just roll as a Sigma Flex fucking Alpha Chad Omega baller. Omega I Force. like this fucking team. I like it a lot. I think it has a lot of potential to, like we've all been saying, like everybody's been saying, plat chat, God knows who. This team punches above their weight far past anybody else. I don't care if you're Paris. I don't care if you're London. As much as I think I like London, but a little concerned there. Uh, I think Florida has a lot to prove, and I think they're going to be the upset team of the year for sure. Hmm. <sighs> so not convinced. Their roster quality is probably bottom five for me on paper. Yeah. So that is what 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Between 9 and 13 is, is, is roster quality. But I'm crazy enough to buy a ticket to this Gumba train. That's oh, what I'm shit, talking that's about. That's the Aussie talk. Here we go. And say that, and say that 
I've just seen I've seen the evidence, man. Like it's, yeah. it's hard, it is hard to go up against the evidence. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it'll work every time. It's not infallible, but <sighs> fuck me. If he if it, if he didn't already have a track record, I'd be like, it's bullshit. But because mm. he's got a track record, I'm like, I think my man's onto something. So uh, 913 conservatively, but they could maybe reach as high as He's reaching deep into his bullshit pocket. You seen this, Joe? Look at this man. <laughs> this is not a man. bullshit, though. I agree with this. This is a man that tries to come up with some bullshit. Uh, no, this isn't coming up. I think Joe. This. I think Joe convinced me as high as six. Yes, uh, I think this Joe team can be me. very good. Joe convinced me. Joe convinced I, me. Okay, right. Oh, if you don't like me. their their roster oh, on no. paper. I, I have got a train whistle and some fucking tickets to sell you to the Gunba fucking emporium of I don't misfit know. players. I don't disagree, uh, but this man is also, like, not David Copperfield. Like, <laughs> he's, he's not going to make sure. this team levitate. But, <laughs> but you know who is. You look at you look at this, this team's track record. You look at putting Albert in, like, the GM position. Like, they're doing, they're willing to do what they need to explore all offers on the table to perform within their means. And I think that showcases through the roster. Like, hey, sometimes there's things out of your control that just happen and you have to put a DPS on (laughs) your Sometimes that has to happen. However, am I wrong in remembering that last season they they started pretty all right last season, yeah? Yeah, yeah. They made the tournament. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, like that that go that argument goes out the window. I'm glad that you you at least wave the flag at you being. I actually unfair. think they start strong again early. I think I the best yes. stage for Mayhem is literally the kickoff clash. They yep. start super strong, and then maybe they don't make playoffs. Is probably what's going to happen. But um, that's okay. I think Ooh. they can. I think they can because here's the other thing is I know that may have been scrimming longer than any team pretty much. Well. Can't be any team because they have to play against somebody. Sure, yeah. <laughs> there, at minimum, there's another team that's been screaming. We're playing against bots, minimum. baby. Let's go. Um, but they're one of the teams that have been screaming the longest. I know they got a head start on their team because of that. I like so, that too. You're just adding fuel to the fire, Avril. Let's put them fifth. Are you crazy to put them fifth? No, because um, <laughs> no, I think six is crazy enough for me. I think that's the limit for craziness Having for me. I've out reached. of body experiences with you guys. Like, what is going on? I said nine to thirteen. I said yeah. nine to thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Conservatively. And then you said up to fifth. <laughs> no, that's not Joe as crazy. Said pills. That. Joe said that. I <laughs> hey, I didn't say that. I was just trying to get you to go there. Okay, so no one said fifth. Well, we're agreed on that. Then no one said fifth. No, no I'm saying six to eight. I'm saying anywhere from six to eight. Bro, right, you so had, Joe, Joe has eight teams in six to eight. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've got a North window, American baby. Team, the entire North American Pretty league much. is between six and eight. Uh, all right, so Florida. So I think we end. We end and include that Florida mm-hmm. is a probably on paper not great team, but also a keep your eye on this space. Yes, because who knows what could happen? Who knows what kind of magic Gumba pulls out yeah. of his Houdini hat? You already know I'm like basically like caressing this man's achievements uh, mid-season point because I, I'm in love with people doing a lot with a, just very little resources. So don't fret if you're a Florida fan. This Jessica is going to come around eventually, but like right now you have to realistically look at this roster, the limitations that it has, mm. and just 
like we, I'm also setting the baseline low so they can then yeah. overperform and everyone right. still like it, it would be a it would just be like if they actually get top five and everyone's like well you guys all predicted top five for them how is that exciting like now no 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 dude like they have bottom budget they they're like restricted in what they can do uh in terms of they probably couldn't have gone full korean just based from, on their organization and whatnot um they were beaten on a couple of trades of course like it's a very competitive market in NA. Like this, this is going to be like incredible if they make playoffs. Honestly. All right. Well, final thing I'll say is uh, hang in there, Florida fans. I know it's rough to be a Florida fan right now when even your own senator Marco Rubio is back in the Gladiators instead. But <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be a team preview for the Florida Mayhem. Now I'm going to move on to our next team. As I change my background. As you'll have to see what team we went with. New team. It is this team. Welcome to our 2022 previews. Still in the North American region. This time we're looking at the London Spitfire. Londonius spitting of the fires. Mm. Uh, Season one champions. Okay, the team is really different from that. It has been for a while. London <laughs> have brought back some pieces from last year. So they are obviously on a rebuilding, kind of a rebuilding phase. Looking at what were good last year, what can they build upon? Shaq Sparker, undoubtedly some of the stronger pieces from last year. Mm. Um, Hardy, who was pretty good last year. And with that, they're going to bring a backbone, provide Admiral Poco to round out the rest of the team. Poco was actually quite an exciting uh, sign. Mm-hmm. We'll get to the tank line in just a bit. One of the more exciting signings I actually didn't have that I have a lot of faith in that I really, really like is not even one of the players. It's uh, the head coach and Christopher, True. who everyone in this panel knows reasonably well mm. from the 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 Philadelphia Fusion. So London Spitfire, I, I think with Christopher's backing, the fact that they're all moving to North America, things get exciting. I mean, this is a potentially exciting team for London fans because it's been a rough how many years now? Two years for London fans where it's just been a lot Mm. of sadness. I would even say that season two London was starting to go downhill already. So pretty much since season one, it's not been great for London when you go from championship team to bro, we're going to get a win this season uh, to now I think, you know, definitely in a positive move from there. So, all right. We'll figure out, Eric says it's not coming home. We'll figure out if it's coming home. Or in what capacity? I don't know that if it's coming home, but you know we can at least start walking towards home and just see how far we get. You know, True. and what you know? Do we get? Do we even get to our street in the right suburb? Who knows? Sparker mm. Shack's backbone. Let's start there. Two re- returning players, one new player. What do we got? Oh, I want to like this lineup so bad. I, I so want. I like knew. It. Like I, I was looking at your camera, and it's like Joe's face was. I'm a. I I will have to hurt people I like. Yes. But I'm yes. also trying to maintain some credibility with me here. Yes. So I, I'm feeling the same way, but come on, man. Like, okay, so, here's, here, you want to hop some opium? <laughs> yeah, I'm offering some opium. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. Hardy on uh, loping. <sighs> Oko's going to play anyways. <sighs> Spark on loping. Finally a team house. Yeah, it's- Christopher. 
And there it ends, my, my dude. That's it. They're already like, my, don't have a team house, bro. Like, that shit is delayed. Like, they're, um, they're definitely, like, one of the teams that spends the least. They mm -hmm. are, like, coming off a bad season where the adjustments really haven't been, like... I mean, it's considerable, but, like, is it, like... Are we side grading a little bit here, here and there, you know? And it's like, I'm not sure, man. Like, then it's so, also not that they're getting off a great start, like with proper practice, and they can like really outsprint. Yeah. They're already like in the trenches, trying to dig themselves out of it. It feels like from the outside. So, was I don't know, man. So you're putting, so you're putting them thirteenth after praising certain parts <laughs> of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd go that low, but to to stay within the realm of the DPS because I do think this is the most valuable. Um, I've said this in the past. Um, this is the most important. It has been, and it only will continue to fold in on itself. I don't know anything about Backbone. I've asked people, and I'm gonna be honest, they have not said incredibly gl glowing things like fine good uh lower on lists um i don't trust him i trust christopher i trust his coaching staff i don't know if i can trust him to be within well, a if you, okay if you trust christopher would, would you not then trust him by default in some aspects yes but i i have it's not that i've heard negative things it's just like he's fine it's okay and I don't think that's going to be good enough to compete at the very least, like the middle of the pack. And this is a role. When you look at Sparker and Shax, they kind of overlap in some ways. If you can get Sparker and Shax to play as you're starting two, you're fucking golden. Those both of those boys are fantastic. I think Shax is criminally underrated. And I think Sparker is probably adequately rated uh, to use Joe, you know, that term. Joe, I don't like I don't know about backbone. Come on, man. Check Sparker even at the best of times is is not inspirational, bro. Look at everyone else's DPS. Oh, I'm looking. I'm not even. I'm not even trying to reach in like the top five. I'm looking at like Boston. I'm looking yeah. at like Titans. That kind of feel. I don't know that this DPS lineup, which is the line that I'm weighing the highest out of the three, I don't know if that can compete well, there. It's Bro, the who has that... the worst DPS line? Say it right now. I gotta look. Avril, <laughs> go. I gotta look. <laughs> I was gonna say like, even comparing them to Paris, it's like. Yeah, I like Paris I a lot. I kind of like Glistenaga more. Yes! Uh, <laughs> they fill like both roles. Just period. Like, yes, you have flexibility on London, but like, who knows? You might not even need that. Like, Naga's great. I think another criminally underrated player that had a fantastic season last season. I think Glister has a lot to prove. Fuck. I don't think Shock treated him all that great. It's a stretch. To, you're going to have to compare with Florida because I think mm -hmm. Aspire Shockwave's better. I don't know Psycho, but I know Aspire Shockwave. I think that's a higher rated yeah. line for me. Unless those two can't play projectile rank. So Psycho would have to... Shockwave can. Shockwave can, yeah. Can he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he like... Look at it like... Oh, if, right. Treat yourself Echo. to his echo stats. It's actually nuts. Yeah, yeah. For how bad Titans does were. He do like, the, but does he do the other projectiles? Like Genji? That and, I can't um, I'm assuming as much. I think he I can... can. Um, I think he can... Uh, Genji, not sure about Farah. So he's got mostly hit scan plus a little bit of like he's got the Hanzo echo there. Hanzo is basically hit scan now. 
Um, yeah, I like Aspire Shockwave, but they they are lacking the 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 majority of the projectiles a bit there. Uh, aside from, I think you can only really compare London to Florida because every other DPS line is just kind of better. In ways. Like they and that, they really that, are. That includes and that just leads to the discussion. Yes, agreed. Like that leads your discussion. If your DPS lineup is already like, I don't care how good Poco is. I quite like Provide and Admiral. I have a lot of glowing things to say about them. Everything considered, uh, everything that we know thus far, that doesn't matter. Are we saying bottom to DPS line then? Yeah, Basically. probably. Uh, Sad to say. It's hard because you, you have like... Maybe globally. <laughs> we don't even know what Valiant looks like yet, bro. Let's, let's we, well, not, we got three let's out of four. Globally. I think that's enough. I think we got three out of four. I don't care who their fourth player is <sighs> at that point. I I think that's I mean, their fourth, their fourth player, their fourth DPS could be silver fucking three for all I care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're, sure. they're, he ain't playing. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, I, I would. Holy shit. Oh. Maybe. I mean, Dia, Dia fucking Dia smacks. DS Max, agreed. Innovation but, is reasonable. Becky could be okay. I don't know. I don't know. I, at, I think this, this charge as well. It's like you got unfortunately champion like, develop. Toy fucking slaps. So Eileen slaps. Like they yeah. slap. Like London, it comes down to backbone. If Backbone can show up and can compete with the middle of the table, a lot of these questions go away for me at the very least. I'm I can only speak from my opinion. I like their tanks. I like their supports. I look at this DPS lineup and it is like the most fine in a vacuum and you look at them like you look at them in a vacuum you like what you see you widen it out to the scope of the league you're like oh boy i, I, yes. I got the yes out. there's a lot of pain this season i i guess there's one thing which we could could say is like what do you think about defiant considering the all those situation sure yeah I, I think that, that's temporary yeah yeah but how temporary you know I don't know. What didn't they didn't they give like an estimate of like the the late summer or early summer like June ish? Am I that's wrong? Fine. Finale yeah. Hisu's finale Hisu's should be all right. Yeah, yeah. plenty. Okay, not no issues with Hisu finale. That's, that's fine yeah. with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't hate this. I'm just like legitimately trying to cut pieces out of myself in order to come up with DPS lines that I fairly, despite like liking this team could mm. put below them and it's it's really hard i'll give you this here's here's a line that london can kind of like hopium sniff smoke boof i don't know what you need to do if there's a flex tank if we start on a flex tank meta and this team starts off well if backbone's like a secure middle of the pack like flex dps and poco can like diff people on the soul tank roll which she possibly could, depending on the, the hero that, you know, we decide is meta. Um, London could be good. I don't see them, like, being good let's, longevity-wise. Um, let's, let's break down the rest of the roster before we get yeah. into uh, overall roster. You mentioned Poco already, so we might as well get into the tanks now. I'm not sure mm. about Poco that. Hardy. <laughs> Hardy was reasonable last year. Probably doesn't help that he was on high ping. Yeah. Yes. No, that's legitimately uh, just like a game-changing situation for any main king. I'm pretty he's sure. Agreed. Agreed. Probably one of the most accomplished tier two players right. prior to coming into London. I mean, those British Hurricane guys just kind of slapped in there, so yep. kind of hard to poke hard holes there. Yep. Poker didn't play last year. Though. I mean, that raises some questions. Although you know, he got screwed over from 
travel yeah. visa, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so when you talk about poker, you kind of have to talk about him from a historical context of like, not 2021, but 2020. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. he was good. Yeah. I think <sighs> he's like a good flex tank. Um, like above average, I'd say. Um, is the year off like, obviously he was probably still playing. I don't know if he was scrimming to be completely so, honest. I don't know. Who do they beat? I mean, what do you guys think about this this tank line? And then, you know, who who does this tank line beat? Let's get started. <laughs> oh, oh. This is tough, man. This is tough. Post the question to, to be Joe fair, because um, I love how he's suffering. Some of, these yeah. teams, some of these teams only have one tank. I mean, true. Yeah, true. true. Yeah, they I don't think, beat Atlanta. I think they, they beat don't. Vancouver. Yeah, I can false because it's false alone. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. I suppose they don't beat justice. No, they, I, I really. I mean, I've been a big hot hater, but I actually quite like Muse. If I'm going to be completely honest, I think they maybe could be at best the competitive with Toronto. And I'm looking at their tank line in specific. Uh, Shock TBD, Paris, maybe. Uh, <laughs> definitely not New York. Definitely not Glads uh outlaws maybe i think that's a tbd though as well no. i don't think it's just gonna be piggy it's definitely not fuel like there's no. not too many no it's not there's fuel, not Jeff. too many boys it's not coming home just talking about um i think they could be competitive i like adam like i think there's a lot there i like someone i think ha- hottie like while i think the ping was was rough for him and while i think that you know harping on like a season where he could like physically couldn't play for Poco is unfair. Um, I'll, I'll give, I'll give you like a competitive mayhem, like tank lineup. Like they they could, they could battle each other and be all right. Like, but that, that already like starts to feel pretty gross. It, it just doesn't. So they're not like it. They're definitely not top off. No, no. They're, no, they're definitely bottom half. Yeah, for sure. The problem is, I think you'd have to start. You can almost look at the entire team and be like, everybody would be probably bottom half. Already didn't get up, didn't get off to a great discussion on the DPS. Yeah. Tank is only yeah. marginally better. Uh, did you guys talk about the tanks yet? I mean, oh, he's pointing and laughing at me. It's a uh, <laughs> no, like it's it's false, and then I think everyone else, I trust more. Like Kalush, I think does. Probably more solid with uh, uh, Coach 9K backup. Um, mm-hmm. Fair enough. Christopher also being a tank coach, of course, uh, or tank player previously. Um, yeah. It's it's not like, like the situation is just like set up well. No, like problem is even against Kaluz, like you can look at it in a vacuum, but then you have to consider like then he's got Finn and proper on his team. It's yeah. Like, yes. You know? Yeah. You and can diff in other even, places. Even if Poker was better than Kaluz. Proper and Finn are just gonna have they're just gonna have a walk yeah, in the park, yeah, yeah. aren't they? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're not you're not gaining ground with this tank line on on the rest of the league, I think. I mean, I am I crazy? I, I think Don and Vistola are even better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, at the at the least competitive, right? At the very least, you can probably put them in the same tier. Anywhere else, like even their, it, their even, ceilings even are just next, even they're next to each other. Even if it's like yeah. I don't know, twelve and eleven, that's still one, just just one above, just one, just exactly. one above. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. 
It sucks. Fuck, it's hard. I'm trying to. I'm trying is to it, find. Like I think they're good, but the problem is, like in a vacuum, you look at the London roster in a vacuum, like oh, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Then have, but then you have to compare it to everybody else. You're like, fuck. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh shit. I'm, I'm and just... there, there are probably worlds where like they're competitive in the season, like they're battling. Let's say we start in the kickoff clash, right? And they're trading, and they have like an even, you know, end of end of stage. I just don't see how this team does well over the course of the season. Period. I think they're going to have moments where they look, oh shit, is this where London turns it around? And no. and that's not any fault of their own. Um, that's not any fault of the players or the coaches. I've got a more like macro question after this that I want to bring to the table, but sure. after we cover the supports, because it has to do with the whole team. Yes. The first one to cover the sports, provide Amron. Joe, you were, you were feeling much better about it. I think this was your favorite part yeah. of the, the team. Yes. And Joe, I would say this is my favorite line. I'm going to tell you now, in order to get your six to eight bullshit off, you got you to gotta really fillet <laughs> the spec line now. It's, yeah, it's, it's not. It, it, it can't be six to eight. It just can't. Um, I think Profit and Admiral do quite well against you know the likes of the Mayhem, just comparatively, right? Um, I think they can compete with the Titans. Uh, I think they can compete uh, easily with Paris. Uh, well, I shouldn't say easily. I quite like Kana Drijo. Uh, I think Houston, they probably could compete with because we don't really know if what their main support situation is sure. going to be. Sure. Um, yeah, I think they can be like competitive in like the bracket that you already want to put them in. But like physically can't looking at every name compared to everybody else. Like this is like the glowing source of hope in an already like dreary support Overwatch 2 like pre like prologue to a book, right? Like when you come into a book, you're like, oh shit, like this is gonna be sick. Fuck, supports are bad and like they're getting abused and like we have the support line that's I hope that gets buffs. Like you you want them to be able to make plays. You want them to be able to like be the the spearhead of the team to I like solve any problems that Backbone has or to like cover Poco as he tries to be, you know, maybe he's the playmaker. This is the best lineup period that this team has. Um uh, uh, what else is there really to say? And that's already saying nothing because they're like mid. No, no, they aren't. <laughs> No, they aren't. They aren't mid. Say what they are. <laughs> Say what they are. <laughs> I think they're mid. I genuinely think they're in the middle. Of what? Contenders. <laughs> NA. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I believe that I, I've uh, talked to people by Admiral. They seem very high on him. I've seen provide play. I was quite impressed. Um, I do think that this, in a vacuum, if you just if it was just to support the league, right? I think this team, this, this duo is mid. However, they have to backpack, you know, a whole, you know, London roster and that takes them down. I'm 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 going to make him, I'm going to make him do it, Avril. He's, he's got to at least now say like six worst neck lines. You're a, you want me to give you six? All right, hold on. Let me see what I can give you. Um, I think they're better than the mayhem. I 100% sure. One. I'm I think they are better than the Houston Outlaws. I I believe that wholeheartedly. I I am stretching. Yeah. I think they can be competitive with the Titans. Uh. I think uh, they can be competitive with Paris. Uh. Okay, we're stretching. The New York Excelsior have two flex supports. Why is that bad? That's five at least. 
it's not that it's bad, but if we're gonna if we're if you're agreeable to Houston having Iris and Lastra, right. we're both good flex supports. Yeah. But I don't trust either of them to be able to play something like as mechanically mm. difficult, and it, it sounds weirdly saying this, like I don't know what Lucio looks like. I'm guessing he's probably amongst the same character as we know him to be. I don't like putting a flex bullshit. support in a weird <laughs> it's because like it's because like it's because like Gordon Ramsay putting the two breads behind you right now is like say what you are say what you are. <laughs> he's, he's trying well, listen I'm not saying nerd. London's gonna be good I'm right? not saying London's good I'm yeah. not saying I'm just arguing for the support line I think they're mid yeah London is a team not mid right simple as I'm still only counting five but all right right sure I'll, I'll give you five. I couldn't give you six. I can give you five. And I think three of those are stretcherinos. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay. Oh, okay. some of them. Let's yeah. see. Some of them are. Let's see. An idiot sandwich, huh? Okay. So, someone clip this and uh, just like fast forward <laughs> us to uh, November this year and let's see how that held up. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what to think either. I, it's just, it's just, it's tough. When you're now, the more I look at it, the more I'm like, yeah, I think the DPS tanks and supports on Paris are better. Just overall, yeah. I, I, they're just all better. Like, like, my God, it's like the the closest team, the closest rivalry, closest team in terms mm -hmm. of like maybe even skill. And Paris just have potentially a better player in all positions, potentially. And that's even me saying, like, oh, maybe I prefer Vistola over Poco. And that's, yeah. that sounds crazy enough as it is. <laughs> you know. But Dreesha sure. and Khan, they, they, they did some good quite shit. Good. I mean, some quite good. damn good shit. Which, I don't know, but I just don't... I, again, provide an admiral exists in the, in, in the, you know, some sort of black hole in my mind where I just don't... Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, it's just a blind spot for me. Total blind spot. So... I mean, let's let's be honest. Like, the problem is here. Like, you gotta build a a team and shuttle it mm -hmm. to NA from a region that is the the metaphorical equivalent of like trying to source talent from a puddle of partially hydrogenated vegetable oil. Like, come on, so, man! This shit mm -hmm. is so starved. Like, so the uh, my question is. Then my question is. Yeah. Is this the best they could do in terms of European roster? Because is it, is it, is it just Europe's fault? Is it just Europe just being shit? Europe just is too bad. There's not enough good players in Europe and that's just, oh well. well you, I mean, you could show, so much. sell your roster, uh, your your franchise slot and get Kefster. <laughs> that's like, you can... <laughs> Sick, I can have one player. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll say it this way. Master, Funny, Astro, Kefster are definitely better EU players. Shockwave is a better EU player. Yeah, sure. I don't think that they could compete with those those no. offers though, and those are people no. chasing offers. Yeah, I like. I think it's. I think they got. Did they? I'm blanking so nasty so, on this team. So I mean, it, is it not a case of just like? I have limited, to feign ignorance to answer your question. When you're when you're when you're limited to EU, are you just not screwed by default? In some ways, I think it's limiting. Um, I, I, I have to hand wave and, and hop on the fence here. I don't know enough about EU to say whether or not like backbone was good enough or if Hadi like had any kind of 
challenging opponents at main tank that could compete. I think Poco's a great pickup. I like their support line. I'm going to be complete. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. I think it really comes down to backbone and if he's any good. Okay, let me ask a very unfair question just because I have to counterweight this Weasley little, <laughs> little bullshitter here and put him on the spot. Your Poco, uh, your career yep. might be on the line this year in yep. order to... Do you go to Paris or London? Do I go to Paris or London? I think... <laughs> as unfair as it is to say, like, probably Paris. Yeah. But I don't know if I got an offer from Paris, you know, assuming that did. I did. He did. He did. Yeah. I. Public. But there again, like, there's, there's a Christopher, like, there's a connection there. You believe in that system. Like, there's, it's a tough decision. It, that's not easy. You don't know anybody <laughs> in Paris. Uh, Maybe you know Dredro. I don't know. No, like, Poco, Poco definitely got an offer from uh, from Avala. Like yes. I remember, that, that was actually in, in in an interview I did, and the it's like <laughs> it's like the basically the way she proposed to Poco to come to Paris was like the Coney Island guy, you know, <laughs> the <laughs> A Ariana Grande Island. come to all Coney Island. Oh, I miss okay. you. Like, the <laughs> It, it, yeah, no. The TikTok. Yeah, it, the, yeah, yeah. the the choice was there. I'm sure there might have been. Like, I think if you go to Jack and go like, "This guy's very popular. Can you get him a popular bonus?" Um, that's a <laughs> that's probably a possibility that he had a better contract offer sure, while yeah. also being able to maintain his or being there with Chris, which is you know another big thing. But like, yeah. it's not by much. I think like it's not an unreasonable position for Poco to just go with a Spitfire. Uh, all things considered, and just mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't think it makes it, it's a big difference, but I think there's a couple of percentage points where I'm thinking I'm more likely to go into a I'm going to have a career next year if I stick with um the Paris Eternal, just also because of the well, regionality stuff and whatnot. You could be become like a an audience the hero there. Face. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, I see it both ways though. I mean, you got a good relationship with Christopher; he's still there next year. You could stay. I mean. A lot of things are going to happen. I think the Christopher link is really strong for Poco. So I think for him, uh -huh. it makes a lot of sense to go to Spitfire because the Christopher link is, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the biggest part of it. Well, and, and whatever the uh, contract looks like. Because yep. I know, obviously, Paris didn't offer him a lot. But, yep. you know, for some players, any offer is good. But I don't know, like, for Poco, where he didn't get to play for a whole year to, I don't know, get something on a Western roster... Stuff I, I think London could punch above their weight, but it's just on paper they just look like weak in all respects, and then they don't even have that like crazy gumba buff where like he's just got a proven rack, a track record of you know making these underdog teams really good. I, th I think um, Chris as head coach is a question mark, which I'm willing to entertain as an option because we like we know him to be very cerebral yes. in this role and like a a. Just a people person, just like someone with that has knowledge about like the psychological makeup and the atmosphere of a team. I think he won't mess up there, but it's definitely a question mark. And honestly, he has his work cut out of him for, for him as like the first head coach position. Yes, it's like a regional thing, and he gets to be the head coach of a British team, but 
like this is not the easiest game, situation to be put in. Oh, totally. Man, 100%. if only if only there were more to you know scale from for EU. Just EU is just yes. in such an unfortunate place for yeah. Overwatch because there's just very little link to the Overwatch League. And yeah, I know London and Paris exist, but no one play the fact that they're playing out of NA instead of EU. Obviously, ping's a big issue there, but you know you don't have a strong base for EU to develop you. This is not like League of Legends where LEC is amazing. Yeah. Um, I think the European talent could be there. It's just not well fostered in a game like Overwatch at all, sadly. So, I mean, there's there's decent yeah. talent of from Europe <laughs> peppered across the league. Like, you have Funny Astro, you have Kafsta. Right? But it's it's not... There's a, there's a pool. And you can't compete shallow. for them. Yeah. So few and far in between. Like, how crazy is that? You look at NA and there's so many exciting rookies and you look at EU it's like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, okay, are we, we we should wrap into the rankings yeah. now and just wrap into like where we think they're going to be. So, yep. I mean, I'll start because I usually I've I've gone last pretty much every single time, so I'll go first <laughs> this time. Okay. Um. Yeah, they are in the. Let me have a look. Ten to thirteen range for me. <laughs> Ten to thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't hate that. Just bottom I'm... four. Bottom four. Not, yeah, that would be exactly where I am as well. I would say bottom four. And I feel like strongly about that. Yeah, no, I don't hate bottom four. I would even say bottom three. And if they outperform that, it's going to be... You have to consider it a success, given the circumstances. Yes. That in. I mean, yes. the bar was set pretty low last year, so if they do much better than that, I think they've done well. Mm. And I think they will do better than that. You have 16... Sorry, you have 24 games instead of 16. Right. Way more chances of and you've got a better roster than you had last year, hypothetically. Um, and who knows? Maybe they, maybe they are, maybe they could beat Paris because Paris have mostly pretty much the same team plus Glister. Sure. Just Paris, Paris did a reasonable job of punching above their weight last season. That's why, like, just feels better looking and talking about Paris. Mm. Mm -hmm. Does it? Does it not feel suspect <clears throat> to you guys that like? Basically, zero teams in NA feel like they have significantly changed power level. That is like I'm currently like I'm I'm having like visions of me bullshitting like based on maybe there's a bias in me that's just like I'm going to start measuring by last season and then like extrapolate how the changes have moved everyone, but I feel like. I don't think if anyone, like, if anything, the team that probably, no, that doesn't make sense. They they were the best regular season team, I guess, in shock um, in NA. But, like, I don't know if a team has really significantly changed, dude. I don't think Titans, yet, like, by comparison, Titans is a better roster than last year. They had compared, like, relatively speaking, probably not. <clears throat> Same for London. Mm. Well, the other everybody else is. I mean, maybe Mayhem have a worse roster, but everybody else has, yeah, an equal or better roster in very in a lot of respects. So that's true, but in relative sense, right? This is a super competitive game, and certain teams. I mean, budget budget comes into factor at the end of the day, and teams with bigger yeah. budgets are going to get are going to get and hold on to more successful players. Yeah, so. You know, we can talk about Kevster and how he's like the shining star of EU, but you're, you're no European him. teams are ever going to see yeah. him. Yes, no yeah. European team will ever see this guy on their team. So, yeah. 
<clears throat> is what it is. Yeah. Cool. All right. So not, Sucks. not not a great outlook for London, but I think positive compared to last year. But even then, yes. Um, tank with that what you will, hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. Keep in mind, go on. We are comparing the actual performance of London against the hypothetical uh, performance <clears throat> of London last year. When you thought about British Hurricane and what they could achieve, the theoretical was a higher upside than this team has theoretically now. Sure. Yeah, but the ping difference, I think, was was a pretty sure. good factor. Sure, fair. <clears throat> so that that's the bone I'll throw them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now they're in a team house, they have ping, like all of that should help. So again, um, as we wrap up for London, not not the best of prospects, but can remain hopeful. I think Christopher's a good coach. Yes. And uh, maybe he can lead the team to success. That's going to be our London Spitfire, Spitfire preview. As uh, we move on now, I'm going to change my background. Gladiator. Glads, yeah? Glads are next. Gladiators. Gladiator, boom, boom. Marco Rubio's favorite team. All right. Welcome to the 2022 <laughs> Overwatch League team previews. North America. We'll talk about one of the most popular teams. Certainly your favorite Los Angeles team, I think. Mm. I think it's pretty safe <laughs> to say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> none other than the LA Gladiators. Where Sky right here is back. Space. Mm. It's back on the team. And Ali Gladiators have kind of looked as stacked as ever. I mean, some of the best parts of the team remain. Space shoe skewed. Fantastic players. Kefster still there. MVP caliber. I mean, when you have an MVP caliber playing a team, you're already you're already singing the praises, you know. So he, mm -hmm. he made a role star, didn't he? Is Kefs a role star or not? Uh, that Great is question. a good question. I forgot. I'm look, can't remember. I think so. Can't remember. So you have um, you have a roster that has three very interesting DPS players. One of them is a clear MVP candidate. Yeah. One of them is Arns, who had one of the biggest years of DPS ever in the history of Overwatch League. Yes. And I think forever we are pining for the same level of performance out of Arns, and maybe he'll get there. You're Panapan, one of the most sort of talked about and at one point would have been one of the most hyped up rookies and now kind of still hyped for but for some other reasons reason reasons rather. And yeah, it's a little bit unclear, maybe a bit of a question mark. He does come over from a different game, although he was quite successful in Valorant. Mm. Um <laughs> sadly, unlike Arns, Arns didn't quite do well in Valorant. Panapan killed it. Yeah. We have the tank line, new main tank. Space returns. Ryan is here from AT. Funny Astro comes over in the support from the Philadelphia Fusion. Great pickup. I mean, if you're going to go for a Western or just any main support, Funny Astro is one of the top picks you could potentially go for. So mm. overall, I mean, the, the team goes from strength to strength across the board. Let's start with the DPS line. Three players, one MVP candidate. Uh, was he a role star? Did we confirm that? Yes, he was a role star. And a DPS role star. Should have been as well. Yeah. I like Kevster. I like the peaks that Ons can bring. Mm. I liked Patafan in the past. There is a lot of question marks with this DPS trio. 
and none of them have to do with Kevster, to be fair. That that I will say. I, I've been converted to the church. I am indoctrinated. I am a Bible thumping mm-hmm. Christian Kevster stan. I agree. He's fucking cracked. He's nuts. I haven't seen all the flexibility, but I trust and believe that he could probably do it. I don't know if Ons can reach the same peaks. I don't know if Patafan has what he did when he was playing on like the Paris Academy team or in contenders in any facet. Ergo, I am a little concerned. Isn't that concerning though? I mean, they still have one of the best DPS lines in the league, surely. On paper. On paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on paper, I I would agree. I would love I I want to see Peak Ons sa- saddle up with Kevster and just pound. What if it wasn't Peak Ons? What if it's just like an average Mid Ons? I think it's good. I don't know if it's like because the problem, the Joe, is Peak Ons is like the best hit scan the world has ever seen. Yeah, agreed. So I mean, like Mid Ons, but I, but that's like, like the lens that I feel like everybody is prescribing him, and it's like I don't think like that's it like, something you can awful? replicate. Is it awful? Like oh okay, it's he's not, not awful. So it's like Ons. Oh, Ons is not the greatest hit scan in the league. Is that the, the worst fucking offense? I don't understand. Like it's definitely just, not. It's definitely not the worst defense. It's definitely like good, but there are like holes that that duo doesn't fill. Right? Like Anz is a dedicated hit scan player. If you need a tracer and a flex, if you need a flex and a hit scan, cool. You've got that covered. I do not think Padafan is somebody that I would put my money on just from the outside looking in. I know that there are plenty of coaches that, are, you know, are are well acumened and trust and conceive the inner workings of the scrims. I get that. For my position, I do not trust Patty. Just can't. I will be so, happily be proven wrong. But I at this point today, I cannot. Onto a person that does trust Patty. Go on, Yuska. Um, I think here's here's my question. You have more money than the Queen. Sure. Are those, and I'm not sure if that's true, it's actually, bear with me. Is that the two DPS that you go for? Like, okay, you're probably not getting proper. That's fair. You're not getting the O2 boys. I think the Shock got their claws in sometime last season. They were not going to lose grip there, right? Then again... I think you can compete for almost every single other DPS player that isn't on the Shanghai Dragons. So do you go on Patty based on that? Now, Patty seems like a face thing, and I trust him there. It's a gamble, I feel like. And on... He gambled gambled on Skewed and got that right, but... Yes. (laughs) Very fair point. Um... And it's probably the best time for Paddy to get in, also with Overwatch 2. Um, Agreed. Ants like, already... Like, Ants feels like he it, it always has one foot in retirement. And that has been true for Ants forever. Right? Mm-hmm. So that is kind of scary. I get it, though. Like, it feels like... After this season for Glads, you're like, I can have another very good season, or I can 
hit all my peaks, and then I have a chance against the Shanghai Dragons. And if your ultimate goal is to win the Overwatch League, you probably make <clears> the place that has the highest upside. You're not get getting proper, so what's your plan B? I think this is a feasible plan B if you're going for winning the Overwatch League. If you're going for highest possible win rates on paper, I think I'd choose different, a different DPS line other than Kevster, who, of course, would be set. It's, um, it feels like they are choosing based on, like you sort of said, who, where the highest potential is. And we've seen the highest potential for Arns. And I think there's a lot of belief that Powderpan's potential is also super high. I mean, I think he... I remember casting him in Gauntlet in 2019. He was like the only other player that I felt like was holding his own versus Sparkle in a Doom meta. Right. Agreed. Um, and that's only one of Paddy's. Paddy was a super flexible player. Played a whole bunch of roles. He had hit scan and projectile, including Widowmaker. Um, I mean, I've seen Paddy at his peak in Overwatch, and I know he was crazy good. He was just too young. He was just so young. If it wasn't for that fact that he was young, he would have been in the league after going to 2020. He would have been in 100%. He was that good. But, you know, story of Patapan is that Overwatch kind of failed him as a game because he had nothing to do in tier two. He had nowhere, nowhere to play. Pacific region was dead. He didn't, he literally couldn't compete anywhere because he lives in Thailand. It's just unlucky, right? You, you know, you're, mm. you're bound. To, I mean, we talk about Europe as being a bit of a dead place for contenders yeah. in Overwatch. I mean, fucking imagine you're in Thailand. Yeah. Yeah, at, least, at least you exist. You're in Thailand, you just don't even exist in contenders. So, of course, he's going to move on, play Valorant, whatever. Goes to Champions and Valorant, one of the most exciting players on Jet. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think if Patty gets back to his old peak, I mean, that, that's pretty crazy. But I mean, I agree. it's just, they're so. The problem with the Glads is they're two out of three DPS. They have to bank on trying to hit their old peaks. Yes. And that's kind of scary. What I'll say is, like, I think Arns can still carry on whatever. The problem with Arns isn't that he's maybe not as good as he was in 2020. I also think his heroes are not as good as they were in 2020. Widow in particular. Widow, ever since she got that 175 HP nerf, mm -hmm. she's been so much worse as a hero. Um, I've tuned into Arns' streams every now and then. His mechanics, I think, are still good. When he goes on Widowmaker, the guy still pops off, even though Widowmaker's way weaker. I think I don't like his other picks as much as I like his Widow, which is maybe an obvious thing to say, but... No, I don't. I don't think I rated his other hit scans that highly. No. I think he's. If, if we find another Widowmaker meta, if Widowmaker is good in Overwatch Two, um, I fully expect that Arns can carry the shit out of this team on that hero. You can alone. give him like an Ash, <laughs> and it's good. Like well above average statistically, performed well. Like it was good. Outside of that, it is shallow. Because just this. I mean, this is where you ask the question. Is like, I mean, Yiska kind of brought this up, but if we're talking about peak. Arns is there. But if we're talking about more consistency, maybe they could have gone for like Happy instead. You know, Happy was available. Um, who else? They tried to get Kai. Maybe I'm not sure if he was free. Um, I don't think he was available. Uh, I don't think he was available. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think it. I mean, Yaki was available if they wanted to steal him. That's real talk. Like, do you take Yaki or Ans? Do you take? Like or Yaki's a special case. It, it's not really n remotely the same. But do you take Padipan or Pelican or something like this? Right, like those people are available. You probably should take Pelican. Hypothetically, yeah. Unfortunately, if, if they were on the same same market, same timeline. They were on the same market. Unfortunately for Padipan, you would take Pelican over Patty, hundred percent. So I don't know what happened there. 
I think I they're they yeah, them, it's though. just like the connection That's... to Piggy. I'm pretty sure. Like they're very good friends. I have to imagine Glad's both pay better and have a stronger team on paper. So I mean, brother Piggy, Piggy better be like your godfather or some shit because hmm. you're giving up a lot to just be with Piggy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I know. You better you better be getting married to Piggy, no prenup to go with that <laughs> option. Just <saying. laughs> like fuck me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there probably were better options, mm-hmm. but they went with who they went with. I mean, th- this is an interesting thing as well. Um, you guys will remember when D-Pay was talking about this some time ago, and he's like, okay, yeah, Glad's have money, but it's not like they can just get any player they want. True. Because even if they have money, you can throw a bag at a player and they will still decline you for whatever reason. And that's what D-Pay said about roster building. Mm-hmm. I think coming from 2020 to 2021, he's saying it's like it's not it's not just like oh we didn't give people good offers. It's like even after giving good offers, they still decline. So what do you do? Mm. Yeah, yeah, what do you do? I let's, don't know. Let, let's be honest. Like the way it felt, like that there, there was some tension. I guess uh, in the off season, I could totally see that being built up by. Okay, wow. Let me be very. I don't know, right? But like, if you're frustrated with. Um, off season, how the, how it's going? Maybe it is just moving, uh, missing on a couple of those, right? Um, so, yeah, I think Deepay this off season also complained about maybe Glad's not moving fast enough on mm-hmm. certain pl- players or positions. So that was a cause for his personal dissatisfaction with the Glad's management, which eventually led to him leaving. Yeah, um, I, I don't actually know. I'm just kind of reading between the lines here. Um. This is this is how you know when I when I know something when I when when I don't know something when I don't know something I try really hard to read between the lines when I actually know something I just don't say it or like I just give you a bullshit answer because <laughs> I actually know the real answer, um, but no I don't know I, I'm trying to speculate I, I don't know what could have happened I just imagine you know maybe they went for Pelican but Houston got there first and yeah Glads couldn't get their shit That's together to like. together an offer and then they fucked up who knows like, that could have been it. Um, it's not the not the end of the world, but that's what it feels like for sure. So how, where, where do you where do we place this DPS realistically? Really quick, we have to move on. But this is um, this is not a mid DPS. Surely this is not a mid. This is no, way above mid. It's, right? it's a good DPS. Like this is a DPS line that like should be in contention for like stage playoffs. Um, could probably contend for titles. Like it, this is a team. Like this is a trio that can compete. As much as like, I don't really even I can't clock Patty. I just can't right now. Um, but I trust in this coaching staff and believe that like they see something there. So I, you know, that has some weight. Um, mm. Yeah, I think it's a good DPS lineup, but I think I'm definitely jumping in front of the train of this community narrative. Like this is like a world beating DPS lineup. I just don't see that. It's a DPS lineup that has the potential for first. Yes. But also the potential yes. to just be spike, big spike, not grid five, not not. Yeah. Not not good, but just like just below where you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Rhino space. So I don't know a lot about Rhino. I know he used to run by Frill and Shape. Yep. He's had a few names. He played on AT. Played on Redbird. Mm-hmm. Huge history of winning in contenders. Yeah. Space mm-hmm. is space. I mean, space needs no introduction really. No. Um, obvious franchise player for the LA Gladiators. He's like the face of the team. He is the longest serving member on this team. One of their best players as well. 
yeah, you know, main tank, off tank. They cover all the positions. Is Rhino an upgrade to Muse? We start there. I would say yes. <clears throat> By the way, it's kind of crazy I... that Space got to be the franchise player of the LA Gladiators after having been with the other LA team since like being yeah. 17. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I almost True. forget you almost forget he was on the Valiant. Mm -hmm. but, uh, it doesn't it doesn't feel it feels so far in the past that like it doesn't it's not like the immediate thing that you recall. Um I think space is going to be fantastic. So I have the, a lot of Go ahead. Do they upgrade? Do they upgrade the tank line? I would say yes. I would say that Muse had a lot of deficiencies as much as they kind of gambled and won on like the early like dive ending meta, um, which plays directly into Muse's wheelhouse. And I thought he was good at that. But I think Reiner is a more well-rounded main tank um, and is a, a, of a breed of player who I think can bridge the gap is probably one of the only main tanks Western main tank, let me clarify. Western main tank that can probably bridge the gap and be like a good tank player. Um, I'm of the opinion that I think in a post-wrecking ball world, any main tank that can survive is probably like more flexible than he leads on. Um, and I've heard as much um, talking to some of the NA guys. So I have a lot of like faith in Reiner. I think he's going to be kind of a project player and probably should see some starting play. I'll also comment real quick because I said that skewed was a gamble win for face, but I think Muse might have been a gamble loss. In the yeah, same regard, right? So, yeah, it does come and go. That that does mean that Patty is obviously a gamble, as we've all alluded to. I mean, we know that. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. where 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 do I think this tank line rates? Hmm. God, I'm still. I'm think definitely top four, maybe even top three tank line. Yeah. In an A. Yeah. I'd agree. Um, above Kaluj solo tank. Below yep. Fearless Harmbin. Yep. Maybe sure. pretty yeah. equal to Gator Hawk. The more yep. I think about it, pretty equal. I have them above Piggy. Yep. yep. Above Kelly or Samag. Yeah, I mean, this, this is a pretty highly rated tank line. I'm going to be real with you. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of that is my confidence in space and the fact that I know Ryan had a lot of success in tier two. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. Any other thoughts? No, I agree with this. I oh, think like Reiner is the good. player that just necessarily slots into what your kind of issues you face with Muse. Mm. Um, I think they won't have an uh, a Ryan. He's got issue. Ryan in his name. They're like they're like we gotta <laughs> get a Ryan player. Oh, this is a guy with Ryan in his name. We gotta get that guy. Yep. <laughs> of course, also the only, the only the only other player you could get with Ryan in his name is Reinforce. <laughs> True. Yeah. So the option was no Reinforce Reiner. So you know you gotta get you gotta get Ryan on your team. <laughs> yep. No, I yeah, I think that's that's a really good front line. I think what mm. I'm kind of um interested in, I I when I interviewed Hydron, I asked him like mm. who of the AT players will have the most trouble like acclimating to the Overwatch League and who will have the most trouble like when it goes bad and he said like Reiner without skipping a beat. Like it's because of his personality, it's because of yeah. his attitude. Yeah. Yeah, do it's a chat. A bit of a hothead. A bit of a hothead player, I think. Yeah. But in a fun way, I think. More so than an yeah. annoying way. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, uh, that, that coaching staff would have to rein him in. It wouldn't be mm -hmm. too hard. You just bench him for space and then you see what happens. But yeah. Yeah. Um, you've got to be on your best one... behavior, bro. You're playing against a franchise player and you wanted some playtime. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, this is one of those situations where, you know, this is the best season to deal mm. with troublesome tank players because it's like, if you want to be a dickhead, we're just going to bench you for the other guy. It's that simple. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you wouldn't want your debut season looking that way. So, uh, and you're on one of the best teams as well. So, you need to bring your A game. That That's it's a high expectation, you know. Yeah. You've joined a, a Red Bull Ferrari Mercedes level team here. So, you need to, there's some high expectations for output. Sure. Um, and tell you what, Ferrari's doing good this year, so that's it's a good sign. Um, let's move on to supports. Funny Astro Shrew skewed Ooh. upgrade. I or I have a hot take. Upgrade side grade. I mean, you've replaced Moth. I mean, Moth is already fucking insane. Yeah, kind of just side graded, maybe. Uh, I would agree that it's kind of just like a side grade. I think you have a good piece in Funny Astro. Uh, I I been very high on shoe for god knows how long so i don't think i need to really kind of comment there i'm interested to hear what you guys have to think about skewed because everything that we've heard about supports like i feel like he just isn't gonna play unless there's like a double flex again like that's that's like the obvious way in i don't think that like but is brig gonna be the same well, no, like, but she, is she going to play the same that like we well, remember him being so good at? Probably not going to have a stun anymore. But aside from that, Brig is still Brig. Rally is probably still the best ultimate of the game. Yeah, it's still stack healing. It's still one of the best dive and anti dive supports. What is oh, I would roll skewed out. I think Funny Astro is likely to get game time. I I I'm kind of assuming he is probably going to be the starter. Depending on the meta, it really depends on the meta. Yeah, there are more metas where I think he fits where skewed is like very specialized. I, I look at the maps. Problem I look at is, how... mm-hmm. the only overlap that I see is literally in the in the in the. Why am I struggling? Brig just talked about Brig, and I'm sure it's only in the Brig. And if you want to pick a Brig player, well, there's a couple of things you want to think about. One, who's a better Brig player? But second of all, like, what do you want that Brig player to flex into? throughout sure. the map if you plan to change comps. So yeah. do you want a Brig that can go into a flex support or a Brig that can go into Lucio or Mercy? That's yeah. the decision you got to make. So, <clears throat> again, depending on meta, I, somebody will be playing somebody with Bench. I mean, that doesn't say a lot, but it, it, does, say, <laughs> it does say that it shouldn't be another Moth situation is what I'm trying to say. No, yeah, 100%. Like, this is, this is going to be a more, like, fluid role for the Gladiators um, as much as, like, I've jumped in front of that. Um, to to kind of use that logic though of like what what meta historically has been more prevalent a double flex or a flex in a main support it it feels to me break is is main support so he does cover that agreed he covers one hero in that position one of one of the most important ones to be fair as well yes and one of the most modern agreed i i have no qualms there whatsoever but when I look at how new this game is, when I look at how much flexibility and maybe even like compositional flexibility are going to be on the map on maybe even the point, we don't even know what this new game mode's even going to play like as of yet. To I me, figured it out. I figured it out. I say Astro. I say Astro if they're playing Rhino. If they're playing Space, they play Skewed. Because of how the pairing works in terms of compositions you can run. Sure. Rhino's there to play your Rhine again. It's in his name. He's okay. to play your Rhine. If you're okay. going to play Rhine, you're going to play Funny Astro because you're going to play Lucio. If you're playing Space, you're probably not playing Rhine. You're probably going to be playing Dive Tanks, maybe Rosario at the most. 
you're going to play skewed mm-hmm. most likely. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I think that's going to be a potential thing to look at. Um, that's kind of an interesting point. I, I, I do wonder though, is, is Funny Astro an upgrade, a downgrade, or a side grade to Moth? And I have a, I have a follow up to this. Is there's a reason why I'm asking this? Where, where do you, where do we... I would say upgrade. <laughs> okay, because my, my follow up question was. If he's not a clear upgrade, why even get rid of Moth? It feels like Moth could have just stayed on this yeah. roster, right? Yeah. So, Moth. Yeah. No, I never. I never rated his brick all that high. Am I wrong in saying that? Moths. Yeah. Yeah. No. I didn't get to see it. Didn't get to see it because Skewed yeah. was playing it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> True. But I, I feel like there was times on Shock where like that was called upon and it just wasn't like notable. Whereas like obviously Skewed was very notable. Like Astro was. You know, at least so they made the right call. So they made the right I call. I would say so. Get Funny yeah. Astro and sit him off. Yeah. Well, I was was like, Funny Astro is the legitimately, I believe. Am I missing someone obvious? He's probably the only Lucio that I would not feel totally handicapped when I'm playing against Lee Jagon. Like, he's mechanically uh, yeah. up there. Yeah. And then there. I, I can't I can't think of a name that inspires the same confidence in me in that regard. I think he's legitimately think just like the second best or 1A, 1B Lucio. Yeah. I agree. And like he's serv- he's not even like serviceable like that. I think that's an understatement. Like I think he's just good at like the rest of the like the main support pool. Um, and yeah, I think he's just like the safest bet that you can put into a lineup and I, I don't think you're ever going to be like upset at funny Astro for something. For sure. Um, yeah, I like it a lot. I like mm-hmm. this back line. Has a lot of experience in a mixed team as well. Mm-hmm. Literally been to Korea. He okay. went to Korea. Um, <laughs> competing for the best back line in NA, right? Maybe it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just overall. Yeah. Uh, like call me crazy, but I, I like this backline more than I like Chengdu's backline. Do you like that's, it more than Izaki Lijigon? No, I don't. But I no. I like it more than I like it more than Creative Indime. I like it more than yep. Super Rich Irony. I like it more than yep. Fix Aim. I think I think outside of Izaki um Lee Jagon and Bebe, um <laughs> Glad's have the closest backline to the Shanghai Dragons backline. Yes. I would say so. Um the only other backline that could be really good is Field of Chio, but yeah, I mean that could just be that. Oh, Field of Chio might might be. Oh yeah, Trong Twilight as well. Fuck. I like them more than OG Ultraviolet. I like them more than Trong Twilight. I like them more than Chio Fielder currently. Yeah. True skewed, funny Astro. You have MVP candidate and Roll Star on this team in the form of Shu. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy good. I like this. I I think they could be the, the second best support line in the entire world if not maybe even competing for best yeah yeah i agree so that is by far the best part of their team is that support line and that's considering how good the other two lines are yeah mm-hmm. uh so that all up uh i might as well we might as well cover the the the, the uh changing of the guard for the um the guard being um <laughs> parent organization changing the guard for the coach line here face unto smash People, for some reason, I, I, I gotta just clear something up. People, for some reason, think when they talk about Face coming in, it's like, oh, they got a brand new head coach. I'm like, guys, Face has been with this team since 2020. This is his yeah. third season with the Glance. He's not new. No. This is not. 
they didn't just grab some. I think faces because the other thing is face is not very public as far as being a figure on the team. Stipe was that guy. He was very. He does all the interviews. His face is on there. He streams. He, he shoulder gates people. Like he's out there. He puts himself out there. <laughs> face is really behind the behind the scenes, right? So when 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 face joins when face comes in as a head coach people like legitimately thought he was just some new guy who's never been part of the team without realizing he's been here since season three for fuck's sake so people yeah. are like oh man it's gonna be a whole new um coaching structure for the la gladiators i'm like is it yeah the head coach is the same guy who's been here since 2020 isn't it i guess okay, you got hunter and smash but I, I people acting like it's gonna be a completely different experience i'm like i just don't think it is yeah. Like not people are just not giving face credit. This is kind of annoying. I, I think like what you could say about face is this despite like Sydney Dropass, I think I don't think he has been a head coach. Talon? No, no he wasn't I a head coach at Talon. I, I thought th so mm. as well, but he wasn't. Well Okay, so he worked under Arachne, but I think the thing to remember about Talon, because I, I know Talon a little bit better in terms of that era, twenty nineteen. Mm -hmm. Um from what I could see and tell, I, I felt like he was more active than Arachne as far as the coaching goes. Sure. I feel like this is the sort of situation where you look at like a Shanghai where, okay, Moon is like the head coach, yeah. but I feel like in terms of how active they are in how their team performs, I feel like the other coaches probably do a little bit more there. It's, it's kind of like the O2 boss and the rest of O2 situation, right? Uh, which leads into my point sure. about Smash, which is another coach coming in as their assistant. Smash's assistant coach on O2, on O2 Blast that led them to a year of success last year. An unmitigatable success. Just a humongous success domination of the region. Um, so, I mean, I think Face is more than... I think I'm biased because I know him. Because mm -hmm. I, know, I know what he does. I I've, I've, have a lot of history there. Uh, and I've seen what he can do with teams and I know that you know players respect him and that he's he's got a good head on his shoulders sure. um doesn't have any hair but you know the head is good um <laughs> he loves it he knows he knows he's bold he doesn't mind um oh. he had to make space for more brain matter so he had to, he had to clear out a bit there of space you go. Up. um Unters speaks for himself I think everyone holds Unters yep. a pretty high regard because he was very active on Atlanta Rain, even though mm. um so there's a couple of things here I think people probably overrate Unter and underrate face. Overrate in the sense that I'm not saying Unter is not good, but I think people thought Unter on Rain was like some like mind blowing, unbelievable factor and like, oh, Unter joined the team and they were suddenly good. It's like, no, he was there since the start. He was on the rain since May Melee. Day one. Mm. He he didn't just magically turn the team around. He was there the whole fucking time. This has been clearly debunked. Like all this entire like Unter narrative has just been completely debunked by both Unter and his players and Sefi. So in that sense, he is overrated, but he's still very, very good. He's he's rated yeah. in, in the, correctly in the sense that he's good, but he's overrated in the sense that there's a fan narrative that he was like... He's some he sort is, of miracle worker. He is, he is all of Atlanta Reina there, nothing without yeah. him. That's just not true. And then Face is underrated because people just like fail to acknowledge he even existed on this team. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of fans don't even realize who Smash is because yeah. they're just not aware of the rest of the staff on uh, O2, I guess. I don't know. But it, I mean, I, I feel like I, I have a lot of confidence in this coaching line because I know what every single person on this team brings to the table. Yep. 
I mean, you look at the track record for everybody, just period. Like, let's let's argue at the lowest common denominator. You look at Face, I think he's done a lot with very little. Um, I think I trust the Glad's, like, gatekeeping in the way, like, of, of choosing, of scouting, you know, potential leaders and coaches. I think they've done a good job. Um, and, you know, you look at Hunter, you look at his success, you look at Face, his success, you look at Smash, his success. Like, if you're you're going to argue from results, at the very least... This is a good coaching lineup, period. Like, if you even if you have like a question of like, oh, okay, like, can face like is face's role going to change so much that like he may struggle? Probably not. If I'm going to be completely honest, but even if you even if you want to hold that, if you want to take that L, that's fine. Um, the success should speak otherwise, at the very least. Okay, let's head over to how we rate this roster. Uh, I might as well go first again. I did it last time. I'm just trying to even mm. things out a little bit. Uh, one to three in N8. And I think anything below three would be a bit of a failure for this team based on the roster quality. Um, just looking at across the board. Yeah. I think them, the Gladiators and Dallas will have an interesting duel. And that mm -hmm. third position could go to anyone between Shark, Rain. Fuck it. Even New York, if, they, if they're just like monstrous, like... Sure. They get the perfect meta, you know, something like that. Maybe Toronto if they're just monstrous, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, they're definitely top. Like, really, really, actually, you know, even top two. Maybe one, two. Is that crazy? One, two. One to two. There should be I don't first think or it's second in crazy. Because um, the, the more I think about it, I'm like, who's third? Third is like maybe Atlanta. It's tough, yeah. It's, I'm like, it's... well, Glad should be better than Atlanta, so why am I putting them third? No, they should be one, two then. they have those peaks i'm gonna be completely honest with you i think they can be and they probably should be with like the name recognition on paper um but i again i i hold firm that i think the dps uh players for a lot of these teams will kind of indicate how strong or like their end of season performance um and i think there is a clear number one team in an a so i think that the glides are probably going to be anywhere from two to four personally you see them going down as far as four so outside of Dallas, who are the other two teams that could beat the Glads? Uh, definitely Atlanta has possibilities. Uh, definitely Shot could. Um, I think they're <clears> one <throat> of those spiky teams that I could see unseating Dallas as like a clear top one. Um, can I, there's just good. Can I fight you on that Shock right sure. uh, right um, matchup? Because I think Arns is better than Kilo. Even a even a middle tier Arns. I mean, they're both. Here's the problem. If you, you, anyone that wants to use the argument of like, oh yeah, Arns, you know, he has, he has peaks and troughs, motherfucker, that's Kilo as well. You, okay. can't, you cannot, you cannot talk about Kilo like he's so consistent when yeah. he's literally, he's literally Arns, but with like a, a less peak. Mm -hmm. So yeah. let's just put that on the table. Kev's to proper, dude, I'm the guy that started the whole proper hype train. I'll be the first to admit that I was that guy, sure. but he is still coming up against literal MVP candidates plus role stars like Kev's to. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's a pretty fucking tough battle. So you don't even have the, oh, yeah, proper just shits on everybody buff because Kev's is on the other side, so it's it's not guaranteed. Sure. Um, space better than Kaluge. Um, I don't really particularly care about the, the Sam comparison. I uh, wouldn't yeah. leave them out, out, of, out of this one. Finn Violet. Not convinced that they're better than Funny Astro Shoe Skewed. So I don't have anybody on Shock better than anybody on Glads, to be honest with you. Uh, I think that's fair. 
Um, I am not of the opinion that I think Ons is going to be like, I agree that if, if Kilo has those same peaks and troughs, like that's, that's a fair comparison. Um, I would trust those rookies than somebody or two people rather who haven't actively been in or even actively been playing, um, and like high level scrimming competitive overwatch. Is that too obscene to say? You're taking two people from contenders and two people from Valorant. Who's, I don't who's trust people from Valorant. Where did Ons just Ons, come from? Well, he just came from the San Francisco Shock. Well, like recently, though. Well, he was more recently on the San Francisco Shock than he was on Valorant. He wasn't on T1 like months ago? He left T1 to join the Shock partway through last year. So he was more recent. He played more Overwatch last year than he did Valorant. So I Maybe my timelines are fucked up. That could just be me. I don't. I don't hold up the whole Valorant thing for <laughs> very much at the moment, just because it's it's such a short lived part of his career. Sure, yeah. but even then, you're taking somebody who's been like 100 percent in Overwatch and somebody who and just seen, kind of hasn't. I've seen both Arns and Kilo play. I I think, and that's recently as well. I I still have Arns. Sure, and have, like still, that's your angle, much. and I. Just disagree. I think that I don't trust Ons as much as you do. Um, I definitely don't trust Patty. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think Shock can compete. Uh, I think Atlanta can compete. I think New York has the potential to compete. I again, I put DPS at a premium. I like Kevster. I don't like the other two. I think they're going to be good. Going to be contending for a title. I don't think they're better than Dallas. Like, or or they could maybe even peak. Yeah. No, they can they can like peak at one. I I think that's fair to say. I think I'll budge there. I'll say one to four for sure. I'll lock that in. Iska. Yeah, I don't think like D Dallas is as locked into one as you guys appear to think. I think Glad's could. I I haven't locked them in. I've, I said Glad's one two. Like, right. Either one, but yeah. Yeah, I think like Glad's second globally, dude. Second globally after Shanghai. I think so. So you have them at 1-2, but global, not NA. Yes. Ooh. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Uh, I, I, the problem is... Well, they could be better than Chengdu Soul. They could be. It's possible. I, I, I did I did say I liked Funny Astro Shushu better than Creative Vindime or the host of Chengdu supports they have. And look, the Chengdu supports are great. I just, you know, you know, four of them, and I think they have less peaks definitely than Shushu. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of still tilted by the whole Yveltal drama from last year. That still rubs yeah. me the wrong way. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm down on their support line based on that. Um, I think based on name recognition of almost everyone participating in this roster, if they were to finish outside top four and A, that's a big upset for me. Like I'm, I said I'm upset. top three. Yeah. I said they're top three. If they if they fail to make top three, I'm already up. I'm that's bad yeah. for me. Yeah. I said lowest three, but realistically one two. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's not impossible. I mean, you know, maybe something goes wrong. And shock come out, and proper is literally faker, and then he's he just hard defs everybody, yeah, including yeah. Kefster and leave, and then it's like, wow, I guess this guy's just god. <laughs> what what do you do? Yeah. And then, 
and fuck it. You know, I guess that that's just how it is. Um, but hard to see them, in my opinion, losing to too many teams here. Uh, it doesn't mean that I think they're infallible. I think maybe a Houston could take a game off them. Atlanta might be able to scrape something through. Atlanta have been their bogey team for a while. I think that's a huge mm-hmm. um, rivalry. Atlanta and Glads. I think that's one of Glads' primary rivalries is versus Atlanta. because Just because of the shared history between those two teams. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, when you get to the end of the season standings, I expect Glads to be either first or second in North America. And probably top four global if not top five global. Cool. Sure. Yeah. All right. Feeling good about Glads. Um, as Very every Gladiators fan, every Gladiators fan every single year should feel good about it. The real test will obviously be when the season starts. We'll see how things actually go. So, with that done, one more team for today's overall preview, this mega episode, which, again, you'll be able to find in very specific bite-sized versions as well, just for your specific team. And the last team we're going to do is I bring them up. It's good old Washington Just Us. So, welcome back to the 2022 Overwatch League previews, where we're rounding out our first half of North America. we talked about a bunch of teams now, heading over to the Washington Justice, where if you paid attention to the social media, you'll have seen that their team just arrived in North America. The team's all there in, in DC and ready to play. It's a new Washington, a new opportunity, a couple returning faces. Decay Assassin Mag return. Everybody else completely fresh. And I think a lot of upgraded positions on this team as well. Like a shitload of upgraded positions. I actually yep. feel pretty good about Justice overall. They have um, Happy Fresh from Houston. Who had a, I think, a pretty good season. He was one of the standout players, if not the standout player on that team. For sure. uh, they bring over Kalios from, what is it, New York Excelsior, New York. where I think Kalios did a, did a good job of kind of bolstering New York in their time of need. And New York was starting to get some good distance off of having Kalios on the team. And um, two rookies plus one returning player. I had to be careful there. I nearly said three rookies, but Krillin's mm. actually not a rookie. He, he was technically on yeah. London. Way back when, just didn't really get a lot of game time, if, if any at all. Backed by Opener and Vigilante. So, a completely new support line. Probably an upgrade over Bebe Closer, but we'll get to that. We'll discuss supports when we get there. Let's start on the DPS, guys. How do you guys feel about Decay Happy Assassin? Uh, yeah. I don't think we need to say too much about Decay. I think that's pretty known quantity. Um, Assassin... I think, for me, I think he's, I think he was a good player that was, like, put in, like, really odd roles, if that makes sense. Like, it's not even roles. It's, like, last season did not do justice to what I think Assassin can do. Mm-hmm. Um, Is this the justice? Pretty much. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've, Happy's quite good. I think he's a great dedicated hitscan. Um, will pair well like either them make great like roommates with decay 100 percent. like that that is a great duo no matter how you want to like swap those pieces around i like it quite a quite a deal yeah would you say decay would you say decay underperform last year or anything like that is does does 
any part of his play last year sour your his reputation or your view on Duquesne? Or do you think I, he'll just come in and just pop heads and do what he does? I don't think he'll come in and pop heads. Um, but <clears throat> I also have like tertiary reasons of why I think that is. Um, I think they'll be. I think they'll be okay. I think Dick K, like all things considered, should be good. And if he isn't, then that would be uh, unfortunate, and I wouldn't. Uh, much like it was last year. Um, I think, yeah, I think he should be good. Just as. Do I think that? I don't know what to think about this team, to be completely honest with you. This this is a team that well, like was woeful last year. And I kind of ah, see similar. On. Excuse me? Would you like to defend the justice in the 2021 season? This man is talking I'd about like them as if they just like won their first game on the last day. What, Dude, what kind of like... What's uh, what the fuck is up with your emotional landscape where like London is like yeah you know the mid and the, you say like this team is woeful bro like in in get your which adjectives context in did you hear London is mid I said their supports were mid they were a bottom <laughs> four team get the dicks out of your ears secondly the Justice were a top five <sighs> contending team and they were like they ended sixth but they did not end sixth let's be very what, clear they ended is- like a bottom performing team. But their performance last year, therefore, wasn't woeful. Yes, it was woeful. When you have arguably the best rookie signing, you have Decay. Did it look like Decay was playing in that team last year? Answer me that. He wasn't Come bad. Did like Decay? Okay. He was still like a, a statistically like top five performing DBS, I think. In the league. Mm, oh, you think? Oh, okay. Well. I don't know. No, Decay was, dude. I swear to God, this man is like I'd, upselling I'd the like underdog. This man is Robin Hood, bro. He's taking it from the rich and giving the cloud to the poor. Like, what the fuck is up? <laughs> I'm hearing a lot of ad hominems. I'm not hearing any kind of examples. I've seen Magon Ball. I've seen Magon Winston. I haven't seen Magon Ryan. I've seen Decay and Assassin try to you coordinate did, no, dives did. because their main tanks were ass. You did see Mag on Ryan because everyone can't shut the fuck up about when the, that one time he diffed fearless. Okay, fair. That, that, that's true. That's true. Thank you for reminding me. I'll 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 admit that. However, this team was was woeful of compared to expectations of the name recognition in the, this roster on paper. It was bad. Period. I'm not, not sure good. If it was bad. And I, I, I wouldn't. It was underperforming. I agree. Um, I don't think it was a woeful. I think they ended only slightly below expectation. If we're expecting them, I had them pretty high. I think I had them top three in my yeah. preseason. Um, and uh, what do they finish again? They eight, ended seven, eight, the eight. season in sixth, yeah, and sixth in NA. Well, globally, and seventh, and globally. Eighth. No, no, seven eighth in in global. That's their like ladder finish but in terms of like comparing their league standings they right. were 10. well in any case i think uh sixth place in na about three places below i thought so i'd say they underperformed but i i didn't i don't think they i think i don't think they shut the bed as hard as some people make it out to be i think i think they do if you thought they were the best team if you thought they were number one then yeah that's that's not very good Oh, I I did not have them number one. I think they were top three, maybe third, mm-hmm. uh, based on roster quality. But even yeah. then, 
in hindsight, when I look at him, it's like they still had like Jerry and Tuber on their team, and it's just like, what are these guys doing? Like, what's what's that about? Like, yeah. that is that is so yeah. much worse. That is so much worse than what they got this year. Yeah. Um, happy Decay Assassins. Decay Happy is just way better than Tuber Jerry. Just put it out there. Okay, you downgraded from Fury to Kalios. Oh well, fuck it. Close the baby. We'll have to see on that one. Um, I mean, we, we're still breaking down piece by piece here, so I don't want to get... Mm. I think the support is going to be more of a juicier discussion, so I don't want to get yeah, into it too deeply, I, but I'll let's just say I think they've, they've definitely upgraded DPS, 100%. Yes. Real quick on Assassin. I think Assassin also probably like only rarely like showed what he actually is capable of last season. And there, there are some rookies that just need a year to establish themselves mm -hmm. in the league and then pop off, right? Like... That's totally mm. fair. He also looked to be like stuffing spaghetti uh, in his pants like half the season. Like he was pretty, he seemed pretty susceptible to stage fright or whatever. Um, mm. Like if, if he's now capable, bro, this is a good DPS line. And Happy also probably just like by the selection of the hero pool, like what, what kind of, mm -hmm. like he probably also could have performed significantly better. He could have been one of the best hit scans last year. Like, this kid was nuts. Pacing. I think he started the season incredibly good. I think they ended in a meta that did not favor him. Right. I think Assassin, like, the Justice last season felt like a pressure cooker, and I would put money on that it was internally. I think Assassin was probably, like, leading those, those dives because Mag was just, like, absent in terms of engaging. Sure. Like, it was torture to watch the Justice because they would never engage. And the only people who would were Decay and Assassin. Mag was just, like, the most passive main tank I've ever seen. Period. And that colors my, like, I just don't know what happened. I don't Mag know either, and I don't know how they fixed it. It's like, it's like Mag's little brother came and played on his yes. account all of last year. Like, the Mag I saw in Runaway is just so different to the Mag I saw mm -hmm. last year. It just doesn't make any sense. So there's that. Um, all right, are we are we done on DPS? Did anyone have any? I don't know. Yesterday mentioned anything about the DPS yet? I, I think I'll just finish by saying I wasn't happy with the DPS last year. Fair. Not really any player to be honest with me. I, I, even Decay was just not. I expect Decay. Maybe my expectations are too high with Decay, but I expect him to be like that shining star on the team that pulls you mm -hmm. out from all the bullshit because. Bro, Prophet still did that. Fit still did that on Soul. You know, the yep. team was shitting the bed, and these guys are still pulling their team through. Um, I mean, fuck it. Who else? Yaki was like hard carrying Florida Mayhem, and his team was shitting the bed. Right, so mm -hmm. I just never saw that out of Decay last year. I don't know. Nope. I like Decay's golden. I don't. I don't want to say he's washed, but he, last year was not a good representation of his potential. Oh. I, I don't know why his potential was so. Can you I know, maybe repressed. provide a reason as to maybe why that is? Just is, is it the same reason Mag got repressed as well? Um, and Fury, no, maybe Fury getting maybe like, I don't know. That, I mean, that's all, a you have three good players: Decay, Mag, Fury, and all three of them just looked mid. Like, what's going on? I think part of it is I do think that internal. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna prescribe here. I'm going to assume. Yes, I don't know. I am just gonna like call a spade a spade. I think you have a collection of good players and that kind of underperforming. That to me screams like internal turmoil. 
But for Decay in particular, I don't think that like NA ha as like a regional meta necessarily facilitated him all that well. Just him personally. No. I think if what so let me put this in. If Washington played in APAC last year, they'd be a much better team, right? I would say it would I would be more yeah. agreeable to that, yes. Yeah, I agree. They would they would have performed better. All I know is that preseason scrims, here comes the scrim bucks, you ready? Um, <laughs> they were doing really well in Asia playing dive. And then they came to NA and it was all Ryan yeah. Lucio and it's like, oh fuck. <laughs> so that kind of fucked them up a little bit. Yeah. But then they I don't know if that's like, Mag or Fury, I think that that they could have for me. Could they not have just done done Glads and just went the full Briggs in ball mode? Like I don't know. I feel like Glads pivoted and Justice just didn't. Justice agreed. In the playoffs just tried to force Lucio and Moira, yes. and they were just the worst team doing it. They were just not good doing it. Yep. When they, I think it was just like a sunken cost thing. To be honest with you, it was and just that's like, like a tough call. At that point, it's just like, what is the one composition that we can mitigate damage the most in terms of like? what is the best way we can play not to lose mm, oh yes. this Lucio Moyo bullshit oh I'll just play that we know I, we're not I, winning but we're... perfect you you hit the nail on the head for me they were playing not to lose I felt like the entire season that was the justice for 2021 mm. yeah okay well put so, well so put. justice for 2020 yes you haven't talked about the DPS in uh, any sort of depth yet so what do you where do you stand on this you mentioned <laughs> some stuff about happy yeah no I think um, like happy Potential to be okay. You ready? Potential to be top three head scan. I need a um soundbite on my soundboard for ooh <laughs> um three behind who? Lip's got to be one of them. Lip Kai. Lip Kai. I want you to know three. I want you to know you've put a pretty below that. I know you're big. True. I also want you to know you put fits below that. Yeah, I agree. I think fits below, but happy. Yeah. On hit scan? On hard hit scan? Yeah, no. Yeah. On hard hit scan, yeah. Bro, hey. I, you're, you're telling me you're putting fits over uh, happy in a widow duel? I'm not. Okay, no, you, okay in that context, then... I'm, yes, sure. I'm I'm more agreeable to the, the Fitz thing, but I think there are other names that, like, you have just, like, left out. And I'm like, like I who? don't know about that one, Chief. Shy? I've been... I mean, yeah. I would say Shy. I'm deferring to a lot of what Avril has said about MN3, about, like, the peaks that maybe Kilo can bring. I can't speak to the Valleys, to be fair. I've only heard good things. But like I look at some of these rookies and I've seen Happy and I've seen him on teams that I won't say that have used him, I think, properly, personally. Um, he's good. Don't get me wrong, but I, top three? My problem with Happy is that he's, an, he's another one of those hit scans where his best hero is Widow. Yes. Yeah. And I, and that's a unless you're forcing it. For, and I'll that's a dangerous identity to have as a hit scan. I'll say mm -hmm. because he's on Justice... Just historically, you now have to say that this is not a team that brings the mo most out of people. I think yeah. that's unfortunately true. <laughs> unfortunately, they, they do the opposite. They, they yes. somehow ruin players instead of bringing the potential out. It's like they, they push the potential down. <laughs> they put a hard glass ceiling on certain players somehow. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. 
I think. So given that, given that, there's no way Happy could be top three. <laughs> no. no, unlikely. But on a skill by skill level basis, like I think Happy, the the shit I saw last year in preseason is nuts, bro. Like, sure, I get it. Vacuum, I'm there with you. But sadly, not how the world works. Sadly, Happy's on dresses. <sighs> We should really play out the season scrim, pre, uh, preseason scrim. <laughs> we'll see what how the 5v5 environment goes. I'm, I'm hopeful for yeah. guys like Assassin, actually. I think Assassin has yes. way more to show than what he's currently shown. I, I yes. fully agree with you, Skir, in that comment a little bit earlier. I think Assassin is, was not given the best environment last year, to which people will say, well, isn't he in the same environment now? I'm like, maybe, yeah, maybe. I'm just carrying out some hopium that Mm-hmm. Mag will finally show his value. Assassin will finally show his value. Yep. Just all the shit I saw in Runaway, you know, all the good shit I yes. saw in Runaway. I just want to see. I want to see that. Can, That's what I want to see. Can I? Can I also bring the Mac Opium? Like Kalios made Yakpung look competent, playing together. <laughs> like I don't know if you've read uh, the box that you right. got in the mail, Yiska, but uh, yeah, Overwatch yeah. 2 is a 5v5 game. Yes, I understand. But like, I feel like this is more than just... Uh, oh, I, got it. I know what you mean. Like, Kalios is a leadership uh, personality. Mm-hmm. Despite like his weird as fuck past, if we're being honest, like I remember like, there was some weird, weird sham comments coming from this dude. Um, like he's a vocal leader. He probably won't bench Mac for a lot of it. I think they will cleanly split the hero pool. Kalios will be able to support there, um, and really delineate. I think that's this is a good pickup for a team like this. It just like needed some leadership quality because it's I- like if your superstar player isn't capable of doing so, you need to have it come from somewhere. Can I answer your question? Well, I don't. You weren't asking a question, but let me answer it anyway. Let me put a question out there to answer. Is that you're saying? Oh yeah, you remember when Yakpung was bad on New York Excelsior, and then Kalios came in and he made Yakpung look good, and then Joe's like, "Yeah, but it's five v five. My answer to that, Joe, mm. is that well, there still is a way for Kalios to do that. What he's going to do is Mag. If he underperforms, Kalios steps in place and he makes the whole team look better. So that's how he's gonna do I like it. that. I why but that but that's like the weird thing. It's just like what what intrinsically about this roster makes that like a real like scenario? Like, yes, it could be a meta thing that I one hundred percent like agree with. But if like if we hold this to be true and we just move again, hypothetically speaking, we move Kalios into the twenty twenty one roster, like why does that need to happen? And how has that not, not been... Like, I hope that's been fixed. I'll put it that way. God, I hope it's been fixed. This is a frustrating what team. What's been fixed? That, like... <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm being gaslit. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, I have so much, like, frustration with the Justice. You, you look at, like, their playoff performance. They were a worse... And it's not even, like, fair to say worse... Like they were a big lots dollar store bin, one dollar movie rack version of the Dallas Fuel. They had like a good start, I think. Yeah, that was a lot of teams. A lot of teams was was the bargain bin Dallas Fuel last year. 
But I'm just talking about playoffs. Like they, you, like I remember specifically just calling exactly what they were going to do because it was fucking. I had no more. They had more, like no morale. They come in. They're like, "Hey, Dallas plays like Lucio Moyer Reaper. That's sick. Let's let's do that." They did it. They sucked. Like, yeah. I'm. I feel wild. Like remembering this team as being bad. Like, yes, they had a good start. One hundred percent, they uh. did. And it was nothing but ass for the rest of the season. They had to cobble together wins. One in three in the June Joust. So summer showdown. Maybe it's better that we're moving to 5v5 where we can I, avoid that. I, I hate Hopefully. this man that he brings this like energy to this discussion and then goes, uh, by the way, you guys, mayhem six to eight mid. Like fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, so it was actually it was actually Boston. Yes, but. I'm. So, I mean, yes, Boston. It's like I don't know what to do with Boston. Like I have no like strong feelings other than like I think they're eventually going Korean, right? Like Florida. I'm willing to give like credit to rookies in a system that has been proven through multiple games. Then the Justice, who looked bad last season and like have made improvements, but not significant enough improvements for me to like quantify them, is like this brand new team. I don't think they're going to be very good. Is that that wild to say? I don't know. Maybe I'm the crazy one. I At this will, point, I wonder if I am. We will settle this when we get to the ranking later. <laughs> well, now, but I swear to God. This man's chakra like, is all Joe's, fucked up, man. Joe's, a, Joe's about to put Justice in 6-8 to eight next to Mayhem. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You're not wrong. <laughs> anyway. So, well, the tanks. Kalios is all good, but probably a yes. downgrade from Fury, right? Yeah. You kind of have to be. Right? Yeah. Kind of have to be. Unlucky. Maybe a better that's... player for this team. Yeah. If I'm going to be completely honest, I think he's a better fit for this team, but mechanically speaking, he is a downgrade. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. Mag should be good. No, supports. <laughs> no, hope um, I don't. Hopium. This is This is where I kind of have to defer to you. Like, is Krillin good enough to like warrant vigilante? Oh, thank God! Or, like, to like hold not, space and not another player. Um, uh, did we actually have anything? I think we already kind of talked about tanks. So we went on this whole big yeah. thing yeah, about yeah. mag already. Whatever. Max Fuck it. Pop. We, we've already done. <laughs> we've already done our mag Kalios discussion. Um, Kalios will carry mag from the bench, or he'll just do it himself and get on the game. Um, vigilante Krillin, brand new line. Hmm. He's just going to tell him when to breathe in and breathe out. He's basically sussery <laughs> <laughs> him, you know? Okay. All right. All right. Um, let's be clear about one thing. Vigilante okay. is their best pickup. He's, he's phenomenal. Yes. Talent esports. Fantastic player. Watches VODs. Dynamite. Does everything well. So good. But not eligible until... July? July. Ooh. July 1st. <laughs> That's one third of the season. Half the season. Yeah, one third. How of long the is it? It's like look. you hit uh, it in the middle of, of stage two. Third week of mid mid season madness. The so third week of stage two. Yeah, is when he's available. So the first game he can play is versus Glad's. Good luck. Uh, and then versus London. So that's a, that's a good game. That's the London yeah. and Titans after. So there's some. So that's. So Washington, London, you know, that's two teams ranked six to eighth that they can play. You know, it's pretty even. Mm. Um, Titans, another six to eight matchup. Easy. So before that, though, they're on Krillin opener. 
Now, I think yeah. a lot of people are like pretty confused about opener more than so than Krillin. I think Krillin did pretty good in T1. Krillin's maybe a little bit underrated because people just remember him in London. Mm. But he was part of that very successful T1 squad last year. Okay. That was doing quite well. Mm. Now, I, I, I'm trying to remember. The problem is he didn't play. Well, they, the whole team didn't play the last two games of the playoffs because they got COVID and they couldn't play. They had to forfeit. Yeah. So I'm like having a lot of trouble remembering specifically Krillin's play. M and three and Zest are easy to remember from that team, and I feel like they did sure. the most. But uh, it's too hard to like specifically remember Krillin's POV. Yeah, during that time, there's a lot going um, on, for sure. But um, I think I attribute everyone's success on that T1 squad to be pretty, pretty or high. as equal as equal as I'm allowed to, because I think okay. they all. They all contributed to that, and T1 did had a huge turnaround in contenders when they mm. were one of the worst teams, certainly one of the worst academy teams, and then For they sure. turned around that reputation real quick and had a phenomenal back-to-back season. Mm. So I'll give Krillin a pass on that. Probably would be playing a vigilante over Krillin if you can help it, but I'll give Krillin a pass on that. I'm willing to say that he's a, he's a reasonable pickup, and people people judging him off London is not a fair judgment. It's not fair. Yeah. Um, Open is an interesting one because he was on like the Genji Academy teams, and I, I know I know what you're thinking Genji is an academy team, but Genji also has their own academy teams. Mm. Um, and it's just so hard to look at his history because he's never had too many examples of game time versus exceptionally good teams and players. Outside of season one last year, where he was on, he was a sub. He was one of four supports <clears throat> on Genji with Itzel and Stalker, mm. and a whole bunch of other players that you'd rather forget. <laughs> um, and that Genji squad bottomed out zero and four, did nothing, completely mm. shat the bed, and then they failed to qualify into contenders the next season. So opener went to, well, if you can't play in Korea, and I don't know if he tried to play in China, but the only other region you can play in after that that's not called NA for Koreans is, I guess, Australia. He got an offer from Ground Zero, played. Uh, I'm pretty sure he won. Let me just check that again. But again, when you win Australia and you dominate Australia, uh, no, he didn't actually win, my bad. Um, but when you, even if you do well in Australia, the, the problem ends up being... Like, same thing I talked about with Adam. It's just like, oh, cool, he's good, but I don't know what this means compared to anybody else. Because you don't, you don't have a gauntlet. You don't have a showdown where, you know, you see this team from Australia up against another team in contenders. Mm. Like you, I can only look at them in a, in a vacuum, and that's just not good enough. Like, I can't use that for anything. So his team came as second in contenders after Die Wolves. Um, so... I don't know. They didn't even win Australia. But be fair, mm. Die Wars was pretty decent in their own right. Um, and he's playing on ping. I don't know. I'm, I'm adding some excuses. It's just a big unknown factor. People keep asking. Yeah. People come to me all the time. It's like, oh, what do you think of Open? What do you think of Open? I'm just like, I don't know what to think. Because I just didn't get to see him play against enough good teams and good players. Right. That's fair. Yeah, that's a big question. Is it, for sure. Is it wrong to like say that this is probably like their weakest lineup like vigilante is good 100 percent, but like 
while Krillin played on T1, and we're not no we're not sure what to do with opener. Like I I like Kalios. I think Mag has like the all the potential in the world. I like this DPS lineup in vacuums. Like, is it wrong to say that like supports kind of like their weakest link? And they have to use opener because Vigilante is yeah. not available. Yep. And they have to use both of them. Yep. Up until Vigilante is available. I think like the way this season is ramping up for them, right? Okay, fair enough. Mm -hmm. You're getting glads in the first game that you can feel them. But then after that, you have just listen to the next games, okay? London, Titans, okay, then Shock. Paris, Mayhem, Titans, London again. You might just give the oh, a boy some confidence. They really got the bag in terms of uh, matchups in there. the schedule. Yeah. 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 yeah Shrink yeah. the schedule yeah. where it's just like, hey, shrink the schedule for NA is um, you will play every single team in NA twice. Does that not mean what? like they're going to be like, yeah, I mean, yes, I, I'm on yes, like 90% yeah, right. sure that's correct. Yeah. And then for justice like, and justice, you can, you can have all your easy games just all together in one stage. <laughs> Does that not mean like they're going to have like a really stacked like stage of death? Um, so basically like I, I, the way I read it is like the, the, their second stage is manageable. Like they, uh, okay. I, the, the, so basically, okay, stage two for where Vigilante is coming in after the third game is NYXL, yeah. Houston, and Toronto. No pushovers there. Um, yeah, no. And then into Gluds, and then London uh, to Titans. But their third stage looks very doable. They got Shock, okay. fair enough, not easy. But then Paris, Mayhem. Titans, London, and then into Houston. I think a 4-2 is locked in there. If you catch some yeah, confidence based on those games, you're probably looking at a 5-1. You get a good uh, get a good tournament going. I'm huffing hopium. They go maybe a little bit further, and then you have a butter. <laughs> you have a <laughs> you have a Dallas Shock NYXL ATL Boston Gladiators station. <laughs> That, by the way, yeah. that, by the way, is the stage that just precedes the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The good news is there's no tournament phase for that stage. You just go straight to yep. playoffs slash play-ins. That's a tough one. So the other good news is they can crash and burn in stage four, but if their first three stages are good, they'll have enough points to make matter. playoffs anyway. Yep. So that's what they got to bank on. Actually, they have such an insane strength of schedule. I would rather that I would rather have a very hard stage four that doesn't have a tournament. Fuck it, mm -hmm. and then have a very easy stage two because True. the stage two gets you to an international tournament. Correct. Yeah, agreed. And their well. stage two is so winnable, so winnable. Certainly should be. So if Washington don't make midseason madness international, is that a failure? Be disappointing when this when the strength of schedule is so damn good for it. Mm -hmm. Um, what's the what's the tournament qualifier qualification like? Eight, yeah, you got to just be top eight. <laughs> come on, yeah. Washington just got to be top eight, yeah, to make that. Come on, bro, with their strength of schedule in midseason, like, come on, bro, yeah, you yeah. can't be you can't be below top eight. Fuck mm -hmm. me. Um, are we ready to do rankings then? I'm ready as I'll ever be. Oh. <laughs> Man, strap yourself in.
come on. Do you want me to just? Do you want me to just? Do you want me to just I'll, say I'll a number? Go, I'll go. Oh, I mean, if you have a number, I just have a number. Okay. I think they make top eight, but I think they're eighth. <laughs> that's within my range. I think that's probably where I'd settle on the most likely. Yeah. They squeeze like, in number eight, but they will go to midseason madness. But they squeeze in number eight. Fair. Fair. Uh, me... I'm I'm of the opinion, right? I I like the discussion we had uh of some previous like individuals about how like oh if you're aiming to like peak and win the league like these are the moves that you make. And to me the justice can peak high, but like Jesus Christ, does like something have to change from last season? And maybe it has. Maybe Kalios can be that like engage heavy tank that like these people need to kind of rally around maybe that's the case that could definitely be you know that i could it. bring happy online that could be bring decay online i know 100%. what changed i know what changed they got rid of hawkery and they got ty dollar there you go i mean that's not i mean i'm not out like i'm not not ruling that into consideration like if the coaching staff is what needed to be changed great cool let's change that but like you cannot round up with the same culture or the same like style or whatever you want to talk system that you did last season it was bad i don't care what yiska says that said i have them from like five to nine are they going to lose to london in that window they're finishing below london right joe they certainly they fucking better (laughs) they certainly like you don't have a team this stacked and I do think, like, that in certain positions, like, you decay happy assassin. That's a good DPS lineup. The tanks are nuts. I'm a little bit out to pasture when it comes to the supports, but I thought the same thing last year, right? Like, they should be a good team, but I need to see some significant improvements across the board before I can make that designation. Because okay. last year, I'm sorry, they were a bad team. They were sixth. Shut up, dude. That's not bad. Like this man will deep throat what do I need Paris, to pay you? and then <laughs> what do I need to pay you to go back and watch those games and just like enjoy existence? Yeah, but six is still like they top finished. Half. They finished <laughs> six. That's top yes. half. They started with a four zero stage. Fantastic. I wish he would just crush bad teams with that same energy for once in his life. I I would love to. I would I would I would savor nothing more if anybody had the expectations that Justice had. You know, DK actually like fucking atrocious player. Now Rolf. Rolf. You're nuts. <sighs> you are crazy. What did you have them in your power rankings? <clears throat> okay, that's part of the problem. <laughs> All righty then. Thank it you, sir. I'll take my money. It was yeah, top, top three. three, and they were sixth in A, tenth in the league. A top top three in A, I think. Sure, whatever. Double E is worse. Right. And the, I like does not so like. They're going to finish seven. <clears throat> You're seven, seven. Which okay. one and this evaluation me. will hold until we do the power rankings episode, where I actually have to evaluate every position, and then we'll come to believe that they are actually third once again. <laughs> <laughs> You're wild. You're like, bro. I think we're gonna get another Zarya meta, and the decay is gonna get on that, and then, 
then Janu from the Void is just going to mm. hook a player out of Overwatch 2 and just into the Shadow mm. Realm. And um, If Justice can beat Houston again like they did last year, then they could be seventh, in my opinion, or maybe beat a New York that hasn't figured it out. Yeah. A New York mm. that this suffers too bad on. meta. Yeah. This is what I'm betting on, where I'm like going... It, it, like, there are a couple of edge case teams where I'm like, ah, eh, one of them might fuck up, you know? And then Justice right there, John pouncing at Joe. How, how do you rate Houston's performance last year as a team? Oh, good. What's your stance on Houston? Good. Yes. Good because, equally. because Good because they finished top five. That is how yes. language yes. is used. <laughs> I hate this man. Because... Uh, because... Wait, 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 hold, hold the phone. I, uh-huh. I was what? supplied some information. Okay. Uh, please put your eyes onto what Eric just posted in, in the, um, in the Discord. The, uh, am I correct in believing these it. are the power ranking positions of last year? Yes. In no, like... You need to explain it for the viewers. Explain they can't yourself, oh. Joe. You are... Yes, I'm viewers. fully... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. There's full, like, yes, I agree. Like, I thought the same way you did last season and was woefully under, like, appreciated. So, okay, suck. for the explain audio Explain it for the listeners, then. Yes. Yeah, there we go. The, like, Avril and I had Justice in top three, which, of course, now in hindsight looks stupid. Doesn't look as dumb. As Katie and Joe going second. And now this man, like, has the audacity to go like, oh yeah, my own assumption was woeful. Sixth place, woeful. DK, woeful. But you know that London backline, bro. Man. Like you, you are Reddit take ah! level of like trying to tie this together into some sort of like fucked up flipper baby argument that just doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry, you sound dumb. <laughs> no, need I, one position off, and you're like, oh shit, get out the bike helmet and the fucking well, whisk my, in the my, glass again. My like you're dumb. Was, you I are th- dumb. I thought you said something like seventh, and now are ripping me a new one. For saying top three? No, you're just as dumb as I was. You're in the same position, in the same echelon. You rank them there. Now, you, like, I don't know if they hurt you emotionally or what the... Yes, they did. They wasted my time. <laughs> <laughs> they were woeful, I, I'll never get my time back. They were bad. No, I'm they sorry. weren't. They were bad. They Go beat, back and watch that season. They, they were bad. So okay, wait, if they were bad, the if they were bad, yeah. And I don't think Houston was very good at the very tail end. Please, please apply an adject, uh, um, an adjective to the uh, Vancouver Titans, then, please. We're extremely bad. One of the worst teams. So we are the the difference between a sixth place team in an A and a last place team in an A is mm-hmm. extremely. And both of them yes. are bad? Yes. I hate this You got this to man. gamble on Ryan Metas. You got to gamble on Ryan Metas. The second you put this kid, you put Mag on Winston. God forbid you put him on ball. The team shits the bed immensely. So they only could play one thing the entire season. Then they stopped doing anything else but playing one thing the entire season. And then looked woefully bad. They did one thing. They were quite literally a one-trick pony team. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is I had this professional. Way. I had this Overwatch. Way. Like 
it, with the same, you, you would then, for instance, like, okay, so were Vancouver Titans and Shock in season two good teams and everyone else was trash or something? You, like, you, well, you know language? that that's not a fair argument. You know that's not a fair argument. No, like I'm, I am advocate or trying to get you to the bright side of language where a team in sixth place is not woeful. Please don't inflate language. Please trade with some care. It's it's fickle. I'm sorry. They were just they were it mid team. Would you say they were mid then? How about that? They were mid. That's fine. Oh. I I am fine with mid. Just say I don't care Washington. what you're fine with. They were bad. <laughs> they beat Paris in the plans too. Yeah, Paris weren't very good. Wait, look at the players on Paris, and you look at the players on Justice. Hmm, I don't think they add up. Shut up, shut up, shut up. You just said to a sixth place team, you said bad. To a eighth or ninth place team, you said not very good. Do you understand what my problem is? For the king of nuance, I feel like it's crazy that a team with Naga and Don Uh, are a little bit, are viewed a little bit differently than a team with Mag and Decay. I think uh, that's nuts to me. I think the. Moral of the story. The moral of the story is that if you haven't seen the London preview yet, you're probably confused by all this. Yes. Very so you're going to have so. to watch the London preview now as well. That somehow I'm being cherry picked into talking about how decent <laughs> some support line is in conflating it to how bad a team was last we, year. We get it. You're a fire okay. season. Okay. Like we, we go, we know now that you war, you are the Twitter account that worships a <laughs> below average player. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's me. Quite, you got me. That's um, that's quite generous, Jessica. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> anything else about Washington? Fire was below I average. Like, no, I don't know, I think, sir. Definition, sir. I dictionary. Uh, I think we've spent more time talking about last year's Washington than this year's Washington. <sighs> right. Yes, we have. <laughs> There's one person to blame. <laughs> we got any other comments on this year's Washington instead of last year's Washington? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have they have potential, right? I think we can all agree okay. on that. They should, on paper, be good. If they lose a the game, well, they're bad could, though. They be above mid <laughs> because we you we make, established you make my blood boil. <laughs> we established that six out of twelve was pretty was mid. By definition, that's mid. That's literally as mid yeah, as you can get. It is outside of being seventh. Yeah, no, I think they will so be. Can they be again? I actually have them eighth, which is below mid. Shit, I actually have them lower than mid. Wow. That's that's not a good sign. No. I have them below Houston. Maybe I've got to swap them around. I should probably swap them around. Maybe I have just this seventh then. Uh, Houston has upset potential. I'm 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 looking forward to when we talk about them uh next time. But like I think oh, fuck Houston they do, can they? do something. Really? Okay. Yeah. I think I they mean, can be a good well, team. I'm not sure if I need to exp- I'm bringing like a uh like a dictionary. I mean you had to explain it to me last year. I if was not you, a believer last year. I'll, I'll take that out for sure. If you want to hear about how Yiska thinks Houston has, what did you say again? What potential? Upset potential? Yeah, ups- they have big upside. They can definitely, like, top four. They could. Okay, so I will we'll save it for the actual show. Right. If you want to hear about how Yiska thinks they could be top four, mm-hmm. you're going to have to tune in to next week's team preview where... Just like Attack on Titans, we're not going to finish it this season. We're not. We're going to save it for another season. Um, so we're going to call what the title of this episode is going to be called uh, "N18 Previews Final Season Part One." Yeah. 
And then you got to wait for NA previews final season part two. And then maybe we'll just save one. Maybe, maybe we'll just movie. do five teams and not do the last team. We'll call that NA previews final season part three. Trust us this time. You. It's the end. Just we to promise. With you. Uh, but you will have to come back to listen about Houston because we're done now for this, this week in this episode. We're done now for the uh, uh. Washington episode where we, again, probably spent 50% of it talking about Washington from last year. Um, thank you for 221. This will be us signing out for both Washington preview as well as the episode in general. See you guys next week.